to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 150. My name is John Morgan, and let's just get into it. I'm right here. I'm in Perth, Australia with Mark Hunt. Good day. It's just a special opportunity to sit down <laughs> with Mark Hunt. <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not in Perth, Australia. Damn it. Could, I was going to try to keep that going, oh. but it wasn't going. No, we're not. We're actually in Las Vegas, but it's actually all right because you know what? We are in uh, the spiritual birthplace, as far as I'm concerned, of the MMA Roadshow. It is Buffalo Wild Wings on Warm Springs and Durango. You finally journeyed the 15 minutes it takes to drive 15. from your house. It was longer than 15 wow, minutes. Wow, there may have been a little bit of traffic or whatever, but 15 minutes or so from your house. And, and join me in, in, in my spot. At the spiritual birthplace of the MMA Roadshow for this spot. incredible edition. I mean, look, we got sports everywhere. We, we, we had a nice dinner behind us. We had some, you know, hot wings, some cold beers flowing. The 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 Winter Olympics are underway, which, I mean. I was going to say, there's some ice skating on there. We're not watching much of that. The, but got the Golden Knights on. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, yeah. First place Vegas thing. Golden Knights. That's how we're doing. So, it sucks. You know, I think we both wanted to be. We won't belabor the point, but we both wanted to be in Perth, yeah. Western Australia, for uh, for the USC event this week. But we're not, and we're making the uh, the best that we can. Yeah, it's funny because I dug out uh, when I was getting dressed to come out here. I found one of the uh, Australian drinking team T-shirts that our oh, Australian yeah. family had given us, and uh, I did realize that I think the the, the T-shirt was small even when I first was gifted it. <laughs> Uh, it seemed a little bit smaller now, which, uh, you know, just means I need to get back up in that gym. Oh, yeah. A little bit less of uh, these B-dub nights, I suppose. True but uh, uh, it was a, this was a good switch up. This was a good switch up. It, it did take a minute to get out of here. But uh, that's all right. I'll take it. Such a baby. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about it. Uh, listen, we're going to talk uh, USC 221, of course, which is uh, in Perth, Australia. But I did want to talk briefly about UFC Fight Night 125. We didn't do an and a half episode, first of all, because we weren't there. So what what kind of <laughs> what kind of in, in, insight are we going to bring you? Yeah. Secondly, uh, we tell you about all the backstage stuff we <laughs> didn't see. <laughs> Secondly, uh, what was it? Ten ten Brazilian winners out of eleven. Yeah. I, I will say this: as the night was unfolding, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know what? Like, had we been like telling our bosses that we have to be there and like we promise this will this will you know pay for itself and it's definitely worth it we'd have been in trouble because there were like nine portuguese only speakers yeah. that won that night and this was even the night that i was like man you watch it the americans the english speakers could show up and as the night was going on i was like yeah never mind it's going to be a typical brazil card where the brazilians uh uh, have their way, and they certainly showed up, you know. But uh, it's cool. I, I I I missed that though because I wish I would have been in the arena for that because yeah, you could hear a little bit on the broadcast. The Brazilian crowd was getting yeah. excited. I mean, they were definitely the the home team was winning, and uh, it had been a rough year for the Brazilians. I think yep. Guilherme Cruz from MMA Fighting had, had been documenting that I think they were like one and nine. Brazilians were one and nine in the USC coming in, and uh, and they went ten and one on the night. So it was a it was a good. It was a good night. It was. It was a fun night of fights, but it wasn't uh, particularly memorable, I guess, for American fighters. No, not so much. It, there were some really, really good fights out there, but uh, you know, that's one of the things. Like you know, b usually I'm stuck in the back, and I never get to really feel the full crowd event. Right. You know, the the feel of the crowd. Um, 
So, you know, for me, it wasn't that much different in the sense of just watching watching the fights from the, the TV, except that, uh, you know, we didn't have those uh, lovely interviews at the back where normally they'll set us English-speaking media off to the left side or whatever, and then all the Portuguese-speaking goes off to the right side or whatever so we can sort of separate the two and keep things going. But I did miss that, you know, and I miss all the delicious, like, fight night stuff they put out because usually they put, like, some weird, like, Brazilian treats like cheese and uh, gosh, what's the uh, the stuff that's like you take condensed milk and and you uh, brigadeiro. What is it? The chocolate? No, it's like uh, it, I thought we were talking brigadeiro, like the the the, the cho that is good. But no, this is like when you take condensed milk, but if you like boil it in the can or something, it becomes almost like a caramel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, dolce de leche or yeah, something. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, is that stuff good? And uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, he, he Hard-hitting like, news I right know, it's like, Here's yeah, you know, well, the fights are great, but let me tell you about the, the snacks that they put All on. All right, it. let me ask you a question. And the pound if you had de queijo. The pound de queijo where we Not realize. Pound. Do, do you know the difference? Can yeah. You, can you get it right? Uh, do if you, know? you do that, if you say the pound with, like, the nasally noise is good. Okay. But if you say pow, that's like saying cheese dip. For those that don't, yeah, so for those <laughs> that don't know, if you're a long-time listener then May Rocha, you might know this. Pound. Uh, basically, uh, cheesy bread is an awesome Brazilian staple. If you so go to like good. Texas Day Brazil, you're yep, gonna yep, get like yep. an amazing example of it. Um, but it's pão de queijo. Am I saying pão? Like pão. Okay, that's the right it's one. What, it is what I was always okay, told. Okay, with the red that's was cheesy pão. bread. Now say the, the other one. Pão de queijo. Pão de queijo is cheesy dip. <laughs> so there you go. You have to. So be when careful. you go to the store, don't try to or like if you go to a, like a restaurant or something, try to say that on the on. It's like a nasally like oh. Oh. sound because that's the the cheesy bread. Whereas if you just kind of be like an American and say, "I want that pal de queijo," you're yeah. asking for cheese dip. You might you might be surprised what the <laughs> server comes back with. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Where's your loincloth, sir? <laughs> the cheers around us were amazing. I'm telling you, listen. I've been in Vegas for ten years. It's so cool to see people cheering for one team. Yeah, that's never happened before. I mean. Everybody always just cheered for whatever team they had money on. But the Vegas Golden Knights just scored a goal, and everybody's cheering. Uh, very cool stuff. We don't normally get to see that. All right, so uh, just quickly, USC Fighting. I, I, I want to ask you a question, though. Uh, the case. <laughs> Not that question. The question is, so, I mean, you basically – so I do both, right? Like, I get I, I work cage side sometimes. I work backstage sometimes. And, I, mm -hmm. and I've said this before, like – I mean, the cage side seat's amazing, right? Like, you see I'm four feet from the cage. It's incredible, right? Mm -hmm. I get the best seat in the house. It's amazing. But I will say this. Like, there's something really cool about speaking to those athletes, like, when they're still high on adrenaline. Oh, yeah, You know sure. what I mean? So let me ask you a question. If you had your opportunity to do whatever you wanted, and, and maybe it's – Maybe this will be colored by the fact that you normally do one job and you like to do the other. So maybe I'm, it's a stupid question to begin with. But – I if might you, surprise you with that. I was going to say, so if you, had the, if you had the chance, I mean, if you could carve out, because not that I would never put you cage side, but I don't think you want to do the play-by-play. -play. I don't think you want to write the recaps. I, don't think you, I, think, I think you're happy being a videographer specialist. But right. if you had the opportunity to say, you know what, John, I don't want to do, do backstage tonight. I want to do cage side. Would you prefer to sit cage side or would you prefer to do what you normally do? You know, typically, and, and I, I'm a little bit different than probably what some of the other guys would say, but uh, me having my experience of where I was able to go to with the UFC, right. I'm perfectly fine mm. just staying in the back. Like, I, you know, I don't want to say been there, done that, but uh, I kind of have been there and done that. You know, I mean, I used to be able to walk in front of the – 
the press thing. I'd walk right. all the way around the cage. I'd get the hand raised, you know, cage side. Then I'd follow the guys all the way through the walk back and, you know, sit outside of the medicals, you know. I mean, it couldn't get any closer. So I guess I got my my fill in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I do miss the atmosphere. I do miss, uh, you know, sitting there and watching it uh, through the cage as opposed to watching it on a screen. Right. But um, – I'm so used to just now watching on the screen from the back that that's kind of, you know, what I'm used to. But I love – I do like the interviews as well. And I do like even in those weird cases where, like the Charlotte event, where it was me in the back and it was like one of the most stressful events. But seeing uh, that gratification, seeing that recognition in the fighter's face when they're like, oh, like thank you for like being here to like interview yep. in me in, in my post-fight, especially when they knew – like this is the last thing they they fought their fight, they had to you know they get they go through the medicals and then they're told hey we got to go do media and then we're coming back, and then to be that media be that part of their fight night. That's cool. You were part of their fight night. Yep. If I'm sitting cage side, they don't know who's cage side. I mean I'm not part of their story, so I have a chance to kind of share a little bit in their story by being in the back. And doing that sort of stuff. So that's kind of cool for I, me. I agree. It's funny, you know, as I've started to do more, I mean, there's there's nothing. Obviously, I love the sport, and so it's amazing to be cage side. And it's really cool. First of all, the one thing I love about being cage side is, and this sounds kind of weird, but it'd be the high able, speed hardwired internet. <laughs> that is nice when it, when it happens. <laughs> what I really like is uh, the sound of the punches, the sound of, the, uh, of yeah. the kicks. Like when you can hear the way they land, like you, you I think you have a more appreciation of like, oh my God, like yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. hits hard, that dude lands. You know what I mean? Like you really hear it. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. And I, I do love the aspect too of, because um, I don't think I could be disciplined enough to watch a broadcast and hit mute and turn it off. Yeah. So I love the fact that I can watch a fight and I'm not being influenced by anybody else. Like I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm not yeah. hearing a broadcaster. I'm not hearing a commentator. So I'm getting my thoughts on the fight and then I can share it with everybody afterwards and I can compare and contrast with everybody. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if, if you're watching on TV, uh, which sometimes you don't even have the sound on in the back, so you, you, you kind of get that to a degree as well. But, you know, when, when, you're, when you're watching a, a show, there, I mean – Joe Rogan is, is a monster. John Anik is a beast. I mean, they're great at what they do, but whether they mean to or not, they're definitely influencing the way you watch sure. fights. You know what I mean? Sure. But so sometimes, if, you know, sometimes I'll notice, though, that if I'm editing and I'm not watching that, mm -hmm. that's the only way I get to really kind of get clued in. Is oh, fact. yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. I'm listening to the commentary, and I might hear, the, oh, and then I'm like, okay, let me look. <laughs> I need to yeah. look. Whereas if I no, didn't No, you have to that, have it back there. Well, that's what I was going to say. So that's the aspect I like of being case side, but I'll tell you what. I love that moment of being backstage. I love that moment of being yeah. back. Even though I'm not as skilled a videographer as you, uh, I do love those moments of being back there and just seeing them while everybody, like I said, still high on the adrenaline, yeah. still, you know, sharing what they thought. It's, uh, you know, they're still wiping the sweat off. Hell, sometimes they're, they're still wiping the blood away. Yeah. Uh, because it's they, cool. Depending where it's at, because literally some guys, there was some hold up on some of the interviews and shot because uh, – they did their initial media uh, uh, medicals, and some of the guys went straight to stitches and then came straight back to you. I mean, they're still wearing their gloves with the bloody wraps. That's awesome. I mean, like, they haven't went back to the room. It's not like they're like, oh, hey, let me go shower up, and then I'm going to make it. They're still, yeah, literally living that moment. They're still coming down from that whole adrenaline thing. So it's, it is neat to be there. But, you know, I guess I'm a little bit different than some of the other guys where I feel like I've seen up close and I've, I've been close in a lot of aspects so I, I guess I don't miss because I don't know what I'm missing right. or because I've already been there you yeah. know whereas I, I can see new media that comes they're just chomping at the bit like oh I want to go out there right like if my first media event my first event was I was stuck in the back 
I would probably get anxious. I would probably, probably try to find like, my oh, way. It's so, it's how do so I get up front? You know, yeah. How do I get out there? You know, I would I would probably feel that way. But I guess having that luxury of, of having that experience, being able to go wherever, um, I take and I am able to appreciate more. Uh, you know, sit in the back. But, I mean, there is nothing like that. the crowd when it, when it gets up and oh. it just gets going. And, and we do miss that Electric. feeling in the back. Yeah. You know, that that is one downfall is that we don't really get caught up in that. But uh, we are closer to all the uh, the media food, <laughs> if that's a plus. <laughs> we have plenty Coffee's of water usually. The, the coffee's there. there. You know, refs rooms are usually not that far off. You know. Uh, all right, let's talk about UFC Fight Night 125 real quick. Like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But, uh, first of all, I, I I didn't check. I should have done my research. This shows me being ill prepared. How'd you do on your uh, How'd you do on your picks? Because have, have have I don't know if people have seen this, but Cole Coffee Ken Adway is part of the picks now this year. I love it. We've got 14 people picking fights on our staff picks. Uh, I picked Johnson wrong. That's for sure. Uh, I I went, you, oh, so I went Johnson. But come on, man. I went Gollum. No disrespect. <laughs> Gollum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No disrespect to Timothy Johnson. I like Timothy Johnson. No. Uh, and but you know, I think I think Gollum. I can't believe he said Gollum. Now it's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> I believe Marcelo Gollum. I, I, I believe Gollum could have won that fight. He could have. I believe he should have won he that fight. He backed out in that, on that third round. He just kind of distanced. And I think Johnson's awesome. I love his stash. Oh, he's you great. Know, and, and ultimately, I think that's why I kind of need to do, like, what sometimes I think uh, when you're talking about how turning the audio off of the thing, we send all of our staff picks to everybody. So everybody sees who everybody's picking. Mm -hmm. And I think that influenced me a little bit because I didn't had no idea who Gollum was. Oh, okay. And it, okay you know, okay. so part of me was like, oh, I, I can go with Johnson. Prospect. I think he's a legit You know, when I looked prospect. at his numbers and I looked at everything, I'm like, shit, he was like undefeated yeah. or whatever. I was like, okay, you know, he's a younger guy. Johnson's never did anything that's really like knocked me off my feet, yep. you know. Um, but this, I think, was the perfect fight for him to show up and, and surprise people. Um, but I went, uh, I picked uh, Prejeras, I picked uh, Shevchenko, and I picked Anders. Anders was another one that could have won it. He, I had it close. I, I did think that it came down in that last round. I did too. And, and that's what uh, I was yelling at the screen. Well, that's what we're and talking I was just about. Like, I was just like, Anders. So you agree Machida won the fight, but. Yeah. Just because of that last round. I think Anders gave the fight away. And I he, don't mean to disrespect Eric Anders, but I'm saying I think he gave the fight. Here's the risk. So I went 4-2 and two on the night in my pick. Or no, 3-2 and two because we lost a main a main card yeah. fight. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the Cheeto Vera, Douglas Silva, Andraj fight got bumped up uh, when we lost the uh, Dotson Munoz fight. So so we ended up only picking five out of the six. I went 3-2. and two. I think I lost, was like 3-2. I maybe. lost the Johnson Golden fight. Which I do believe Golm should have won that fight, and I lost. I picked Anders over Machida, yep. and I'm not disrespecting Machida, but I feel like Anders could have and should have. I still feel like I picked the right guy. I mean, yeah. can, can you say that? Like I got the wrong pick, but I picked the right guy because I feel like I picked the right guy. I feel like I feel like yep. literally if they ran that back tonight, I feel like Anders wins the fight. He should have. He was more athletic. He was winning. He, he just stayed, he was so complacent. It seemed man. like he stayed way too respectful the whole the whole fight. Like he was expecting that there was going to be some crazy head kick to the face and he didn't want to be a highlight reel because it, it got to the point where he had Machida. If he would have just yep. stayed busier that, that, that final fifth round, he would have won it. In I my, agree. In my, in, it was and right there. Same thing with Gollum. If Gollum would have kept the leg kicks going, he would have beat Johnson. And he stopped. And I'm just like, what are you doing? I agree. You know, so. I feel like I should have gone 5-0. Oh. Gollum should have won. And Anders should have won. Should have. Bottom line. But that's that's why that's why we don't bet on this shit because Damn right. that's I mean, that's the sport, man. Like just when you think you know everything and you're like, Oh, this makes complete sense. This guy obviously is gonna win Machida. I mean 
God bless and now you got people. I, I know it, and so do I. But you know, all people are just like, "Oh, see, he's not done yet." He's. I was like, he should have. He should have lost. You had a guy that was way too respectful. That I agree. He didn't even look like he was completely tired out. No. He just was gun shy towards the end, and I'm like, "What is wrong? It's not that it's fatigue that's holding you." Back at this point, no. it's just—it's like he was treating it like it was still the first round. Like Machida was as dangerous as he was in the first round, and he wasn't. I mean, Machida stayed busy. I mean, but it wasn't like he was hurting him. I'm not saying anything. Anders is a future world champion. I'm not saying that, but Anders should have won that fight. Yeah. Anders should have won that fight, and and I think he, you know whether he, whether he'll admit it or not. I mean, we'll talk to him next time out. Yeah. Whether he'll admit it or not, I think in his head and his heart, he probably knows he could have won that fight, and he yeah. should have won that fight. He just, for whatever reason, didn't pull the yep. trigger. And, and I think that's costly. the biggest thing he's going to learn from. And he's going to realize that he never really got hurt in that fight. Right. And when it came down to it, it was either him either doubting his own skills or putting too much uh, credit to what he thought Leota was still going to be able to do. And I think that's probably going to change the way that he fights going forward because he's going to stop holding back. But it's one thing, I mean, like, it's Leoto. If you're going to get knocked out, I'd rather get knocked out by Leoto, going all in, right. get knocked out by him, than to lose this fight, learn that lesson, fight somebody that's not Leoto, and then get knocked what out. What a sickening you know? feeling. I mean, what you said is just dead on. He, he didn't even get hurt. No. What a sickening feeling to know that, like, you sliced that guy open, man. He had yeah. blood everywhere. He, you know, you hurt him. You never, that was like, the second or third yeah. round? And, and, and like, you were fine, yeah. and yet you lost the fight. That's, yep. I mean – Gosh, that's got to that's got to burn. To know him. that you didn't pull the trigger and you still had the capability oh, to do so, it's got to burn him. You know. What, uh, all right, so Machida calls out Bisping afterwards. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is that he's just done? He realized that he do, he doesn't have many fights well, left. And I agree, you know? but to, well, well, I was gonna. Uh, Why totally not get agree. your money and do I your thing? I think that's the perfect know? fight, though, right? Because I, I don't. I mean, I, I, again, I don't. I don't see Machida fighting anybody else ranked in that division, and I don't want Bisping yep. fighting anybody else ranked in that division. So, is that not the perfect fight? I think it's a good fight. I mean, it's a good fight of, of two big-name guys that, uh, you know, uh, are ultimately nearing the end of their careers. You know, let them – I mean, if, if it's it's a fight that people are going to be interested in, people are going to want to – you know, it's is it pay-per-view worthy? It's certainly not main event worthy, no. you know. I mean, it could be main event worthy if there was a Fox Sports 1 card in Dublin at any point. Yeah, but even then, I'm like – no, Dublin. I just don't think Dublin really cares for Bisping. I, I certainly really? don't think they care. It's for close to home. Leo. It's not home. It's close to it's, home. It's close to home. But I mean, like, I, I just don't see that them going out of their way to be like, oh, we're totally pro Bisping. If anything else, I think they'd be like, yeah, he's good. He's somewhat around here. But throw an Irish guy up in there. Like, yeah, but who? What's I would the rather Irish they would. Guy? They would rather be see Connor, a fucking obviously. Patty Houlihan than fucking Bisping in the main event. You know, there is rumors and rumblings. We should say it hasn't yeah. been reported, but there are rumblings of a. Return because we know that uh, Bisping wants to fight at home. He wants to yeah. fight in the UK, but that London show is too quick. It's a month yeah. away. And and, and 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 for the record, I'm happy. I think that was too fast. I did not yeah. want to see him on that card. Um, so th there's rumblings of a, uh, a an Ireland card. Uh, you know, in the late spring, early summer. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought that might be a good fit. I I, I thought that might be the right spot. I mean, it, it's definitely a good matchup. I mean, and it's it's certainly better than trying to throw it in the states because what I about, just don't think. What about maybe that chili card that is official? Is that a better place for it? Well, I mean, that's you probably get some maybe more people digging on Machida's side. I was going to say, I mean, suppose, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean, make sense, like from a, a a geographical perspective. You know what I mean? You got a Brazilian versus an Englishman in Chile, but at least I mean, 
Chile, like these fans, they probably want to see, like they want to probably see those names they know. No, I was gonna say you those are at least they, names. They want to see help like carry it. yeah, like like superstars that they've been watching on yeah. TV forever. So maybe that would be a good main event there. I mean, you look at, I mean, if you have a, a medium tier, even if it's like a top five to like a top eight, that's not a card. That's right. not that's not a fight you try to bring to Chile where they're just like, hey, it's our first time we're coming here. You yeah. know, let's do it. You would almost need names like Machida and Bisping. Ireland, I don't think you need them just because I think you can put even a, a somewhat decent grouping of level fighters and one that's going to sell out locally. And I think people would still probably kick it because you know that there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a McGregor sighting yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. in the evening or whatever. But yeah, it makes more sense for like a chili thing. But I mean, I do like the fight. I, I do like the fight because I do know that, or at least I do feel or believe that. Uh, Bisping doesn't have many, and I don't think Machida has many left either. Ah. And, uh, you know, I'm these guys have done a lot for the sport. I'm all about if they want to pick and choose their last little fights. I mean, I'm sure Machida wasn't like, oh, Eric Anders, that's the name for me, you know. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. But, I mean, I, I just kind of like with, you know, here off to the side, I'm watching Roy Jones Jr. fight. We're doing this. <laughs> I hate to see these these legends or these guys that have done so much of the sport just sort of like, you know, hanging around just to keep fighting, you know, and then they just, with these mediocre fights, you know, because it gets to a certain point where I just feel bad watching them. I'd rather just, Oof. not that I ever want a guy to not be able to fight and do their career or whatever, but I don't know. It just... If it's not worth something or something sort of memorable, don't make these guys do it, yeah. you know. Like almost be help them, you know, uh help them keep their legend their 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 history. Help yeah, them the legacy. You know, get, I agree. Yeah, the legacy. Help them get a last couple good fights and then get out. Like don't make them like toil around and do whatever. So if he's calling out Bisping, to me that's a call of saying like, you know, give me one last good one. Yep. Because after Bisping, I mean like He's not ranked. I mean, like, he's going to try to make another run. It could be a double retirement fight. Yeah, it, which makes more sense because I just don't see Machida making a run to the top again. Nah, me neither. All right, you well, know. let's talk about the uh, the co-main event because I, I think that's the one that everybody is, is still talking about. In fact, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Evie uh, from uh, Kombache actually came by my house the other day, and I taped a quick segment with her. I mean, yeah. everybody's talking about this. Valentina Shevchenko just absolutely dominating Priscilla Cachoeira. Um and everybody's still debating, you know, and, and there's so much discussion about this fight in so many different reasons. Um, and I've had a chance to talk with some people behind the scenes, but I'm kind of curious what you think and, and where your head's at on this thing because everybody's trying to place blame, right? Like, first of all, should the fight have even been made? You know, should the fight have even been made? I mean, it looked like a mismatch in talent. Is it disrespectful that this thing even happened or is it wrong that this even happened? Now, secondly, did, did Mario Yamasaki – did he perform poorly? Should he have stepped in? Should he have done something? Thirdly, d did the corner perform poorly? Should they have done something? So, so I, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I always love uh, hearing from you, and I, uh, I I think people love hearing from you, <laughs> Cold Coffee. I think they like your opinion better than mine. Uh, you're, you're, you're sometimes more eloquent than I am. So what, <laughs> I don't what, know about that. What was your thoughts on this whole fight? I did uh, – well, I mean, she was clearly just outclassed, outgunned. I mean, she was the bigger girl. She looked – every bit the part she looked like she could do some damage um she looked like a huge huge girl for right. that for that division I, I was really really surprised but um i i'm on the side that the fight could have been stopped before that there was a point where 
to me, it just didn't seem like it was intelligent defense, but also even what she was doing, whether it maybe could be classified as intelligent defense, it wasn't doing anything to stem, stem the, the flow of where the fight was going. You know, uh, just Valentina was punishing her and punishing her, and there was she had no answer for anything. She was never able to really ever improve her position in any position. All she was doing was just weathering the storm, and she was being very tough. And then you have a corner that knows how tough her opponent is. They're like, all right, she's taking worse beatings to this. Yeah, she's bleeding, but she's not. She's not. She's still able to see. She's still able to get in there, and she's able to, to take her knocks. But that's all she was doing was just taking knocks. She was just, she wasn't doing anything to better her case. She wasn't causing any damage to Valentina. She had no answer for anything. It was like what was going on with Francis and Stipe. Mm -hmm. Stipe just had his way and Francis had no answer, except in this case, there was lots of physical damage that was happening at the same time. She was split open, she was getting banged up and she had no answer for it. And I think there was a point where even though, you know, uh, Mario was trying to say, I was letting her be a warrior. It's a difference between letting somebody be a warrior and then letting somebody just show how many beatings and how tough you are and how much damage you could take. I mean, if Darren Elkins had his way, Darren <laughs> would take, he would say, bust my lip and bust my eye up, and then I'm going to get started on you. You know, because he could oh, yeah. take it, and then he's still got a lot to give. I think it was the same situation this, where she's super tough. She could take a lot of damage. She was still able – could she have taken more punches and all that other stuff? Yes, but it had gotten to a point long before that that she was not defending herself in a manner she was not bettering herself in any place to where uh, it wasn't a competitive fight. It stopped being a competitive fight long before the so stoppage. Here, so here's where I say and – you, and you've said a couple of really smart things there. Here's where I stand. First of all, a lot of people said, look, this was irresponsible the matchmakers to even make this. I disagree with that. Uh, first of all – and, and, again, this goes uh, – I guess this includes a little bit of behind-the-scenes information or whatever. But the bottom line is nobody wanted to fight Valentina Shevchenko. Sure. And, and understandably so. I mean, that division is still being figured out right now, right? So there's no – you know, there's no title fight on the line. There's, I mean, there's no advantage to fighting Valentina Shevchenko. So literally nobody wanted to fight her. Priscilla Cachoeira steps up. She has an undefeated record. She's tough, you yep. know. She, she's, I mean. And if everybody remembers, that that stands for waterfall. Waterfalls. I agree. So, I, to me, I mean, to me, I was okay with the matchup. And I, I think what's really frustrating is seeing the people post-fight that are like, oh, my God, how did they ever even make this fight? Because I didn't, I mean, I think we all knew. I mean, listen, last week we talked about it. I think as, as, as a staff, we were 14-0 on the side of Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, I think we all knew who was the likely winner. Yeah. But I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you right now. Like, Valentina Shevchenko versus Nico Montano, I bet our staff goes 14-0 on Valentina Shevchenko. No disrespect to Nico Montano. Oh, yeah. I bet we go 14-0. Does that mean the fight shouldn't be made? Of course it doesn't mean the fight shouldn't be made. I mean, the, it's, it's a legitimate fight. But, I mean, so th that part bugged me a little bit. And, and I know behind the scenes it kind of bugs some people uh, there as well at the UFC. They were like, come on, man. We, we Trust me. We did the best we could. I know people are talking shit. But we did the best we could, so I, I don't. I don't hate that the, the fight was made. Yeah, it's weird because uh, uh, looking at the the UFC stats, she uh, is only listed as five foot seven. Valentina's five five. She looked a hell of oh, lot a lot bigger, bigger than two inches. And oddly enough, uh, Shevchenko is listed as a sixty seven inch reach, and Cachoeira is sixty five inch. So she's the taller girl, but actually a shorter, shorter reach, range. which is is crazy. But 
she looked a hell of a lot bigger than just a two inch difference. I think so. But I mean, so all right. So but Nico, speaking of Nico, and then like Nico, you saw she did not look great against uh, Roxy. Roxy. For people to try to think that Roxy and Valentina are on the same level, I love Roxy to death, but that that's, that's night no. and day. And Nico did not have an easier, an easy, no easy night. No disrespect to Nico Montano, you know? but I think Nico Montano suffers the same fate. Like, yeah, Valentina Shevchenko's on the. I mean, you could argue she's the 135 pound champ. Some people think she yeah. beat Amanda Nunes, right? She is Chris. All right, so yeah, all right. So and she I, says she doesn't struggle much to get down there. She says she walks around around 135. Oh, exactly. That's so that a that's a cut class. to the 125. Like that's just a slight cut for her. So that's listen, crazy. I don't hate that the fight was made. All right, but here's the thing. So. Uh, all right, let's talk about Yamasaki. Uh, because the bottom line is, all right, so I don't hate that the matchmaking was made. Let's let's talk about the refereeing. Or, or let's talk about the corner first, I guess. People are saying, should the corner stop the fight? And I, and I believe that probably the corner could have and should have stopped the fight. And it is a little bit distressing knowing that, you know, she does have a torn ACL. She, she had surgery on her knee. She goes back to the corner after the first round. She says, my knee hurts, and the corner's like, don't worry about your knee. Don't worry about your knee. Yeah. Like, let's move on. And, and, and is that as say, much as she said, is that my knee hurts? Yeah, that's it. That's all she said. She yeah. didn't say, I'm pretty sure I tore my yeah. ligament or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like my knee hurts. The thing about Paige, Paige went back and said, I just broke my hand. And they were like, let's go. I let's broke go. my arm, not even my hand, my yeah, arm. Yeah, which, which sounds worse. Exactly. You know. So I don't want to falter corner. <laughs> and, and this is what I said actually to Kombache when Evie came by. I was like, listen, uh, Am I saying that the corner could have stopped the fight? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But you know what? That's to be honest with you, that's not the culture of our sport. Now, should and the culture not Brazilians, which are super, super well, tough? And should the culture change? Maybe. I mean, maybe the yep. culture should change a little bit, but it's not the culture. So, there, I see a lot of people blaming her corner. Come on, man! Your 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 girl is making her USC debut. Yes, you know she's overmatched, but she's going in there. She's showing her heart. She's showing who right. she is. You don't want to take that away from her, and. I get it. I mean, to, to be honest, would it would I have liked to see the corner stop it? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. It would have been great. But you can't blame it. That's not the culture of our sport. Yeah. Now, if you want to have a bigger argument, should the culture change? Should people be more willing to throw the towel? That I'm willing to talk about. Yeah. But I feel that people that are that are hating on her corner and that are and that are blaming her corner shouldn't because let's be honest, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. What's weird, you know, and this brings up a conversation the other day when I was uh, with Angelo Reyes, and he was talking about boxing. You know, if there's a coach in boxing, you know, the fighters, you know, say a particular coach, and he has, like, maybe one or two boxers under his tutelage. Like, you have these MMA gyms, and say, like, you know, and he used Jackson, and say Jackson MMA is one of the uh, references. That gym lost maybe a handful yeah. of fights this year. No, multiple. they've been struggling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Been they've, struggling. Had a bad, they've had a better run. boxing, a lot of times, you could have a coach, his fighter loses once, and, like, people are calling for the coach's head. Mm. They're like, you know, they're like, all right, you know, something's changed, something's wrong, you know, we got to get rid of the coach. Whereas the culture in, in MMA, it seems like with the gyms, they're like, okay, well, we take a loss, you know, that sucked, we, we, didn't, we didn't get it, you know. All right, well, we'll go back to the, the drawing board. Brazil, and I think a lot of these ones right here you don't want to be that corner that because say if you take that fight i don't think they want to embrace the fact of like okay well we're just going to take the loss we'll get back at it we'll right. get back at it in the moment of the of, of the battle when that's happening that corner's like you're tougher than this you got this and if the yeah, fighter's like i can continue that's right you push them forward you don't want to just immediately say okay well let's just take our loss you know but i think because i think 
that that part does exist. So, I mean, if we try to tell the culture, you know, like, hey, you know, we need to be better, throw throw the throw the towel in sooner for your fighter, I think that's why I can see these box of people. Like, I can't believe you MMA guys are just ready to quit or, like, you take losing so much better than we take on the boxing side. So here we are sort of saying, like, okay, you need to be willing to – to take those losses yep. more when it's for the safety of your fighter. But also I can see where like some of the people on the outside and, and some of these people in these culture, like I'm not going to be that guy that just wants to quit like a, a, of a corner, especially in like Brazil, because you might think I'm not going to be the guy that throws it in. I might never get that call to work that, you know, thing. Right. I'm just here to help push the fighter forward. It'd be one thing I'd say if it's like uh, Stephen Thompson or someone where it's his dad. Right. His dad like, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's not like you're going to fire your dad. Right. You know, That's but like dad. corners, I think, are probably afraid of, of that well, possibility here, okay. as well. But here's what I think, too, and it's funny. I can't. I don't know why I haven't thought about this before. It's probably because I didn't have enough frosty beverages and we weren't talking. But <laughs> the other thing, too, is this. Like, in boxing, you know, by the time you're ready to throw in the towel, you've had eight to ten conversations with your guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if yeah. we're talking about the later rounds, right? Oh, true. You know what I mean? Whereas in, in, in MMA, you've had one conversation. Like, yes, yeah. she came back, and she was a little bit shell-shocked. She's making – Priscilla Cachoeira is making her UFC debut. She's facing one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet. She gets taken down right away. She's a little bit shell-shocked. She comes back to the corner, and she's like, my knee, it hurts, I'm, I'm out. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you, as a, as a coach, you're like, ah, don't worry about your knee. Don't, you know, don't worry about your knee. Keep doing this. Let's keep doing what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whereas if it was a boxing match, whereas if she came back after round one, she's like, my knee. And then after round two, hey, my knee still killed me. Round three, I can't even walk. You know what I mean? Like yeah, now yeah. you're like, okay, I get it. You're not freaking out. You, now you get garnered had, enough information. I've had multiple conversations with you. Yeah. I've had – you know what I mean? You're not, you're not having a moment where I'm – because I think that's what happens in the corner with, with MMA is I think the corner is trying to get them through. I mean, God, who was it? Was it George St. Pierre that was like, uh, my groin is torn, and, and I think uh, Greg Jackson was like, hit him with your groin or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, obviously that's yeah. stupid. But, but yeah. that, what he's trying to say is, like, just get past that. Like, I think the corner is like, no, don't get out. You know, I know you're facing the worst adversity you've ever faced in the world, but come on, man. You can do this. You can do right. this. And in MMA, you're trying to get that person. And that was the first 60-second conversation they had had. Whereas in boxing, by round 10, round 11, you're like, right. all right, dude, I got it. Like, it, we've tried. We know you're in the moment. We know you've done every adjustment you can make. Like, you just have no chance yeah. right now. Like, let's just throw in the towel. I think the only way that you could probably fix some of that is by changing uh, an aspect of what referees can do. And, I mean, granted, which it would kill the flow – and it'll kill momentum. But if referees had the power like, to call like a medical call timeout, the to the mound, or just like call the, a medical timeout, like if they start, if they if they catch wind, if they hear something, if they hear somebody say that, so they can keep eye. Like I mean, these refs a lot of times go, they go by the corners. I'm right. sure they're hearing this shit, of course, but they're not Definitely stopping. They're just they're they're just letting it go. But if they had the possibility, because now if they stop a fight, if they see something, there are no timeouts. If they cause a uh, 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 if they call a time to see something, usually that's the end to the fight at that point. But I think if, if referees had a point where if they could call their own timeout for a medical check or give that moment to where they could say, all right, time, I want a medical check, you know, bring a doctor in and allow the, the corner to come pay attention to the discussion, hear the talks that happen so that they're better informed. So say if it's a doctor coming and asking, uh, is your knee all right? Is your good? Are you good? Whatever, you know, and hear the fighter say whatever, but also to maybe – make that thing but so not penalizing these fighters to, to possibly have those moments where they can do that sort of thing because I think 
Now it's like the only time that we ever hear that sort of thing. And even then, uh, there's no ramification. The fighter, you know, a fighter can say, hey, my hand's busted. My hand's, uh, you know, broken. And I'm guaranteed that the, the referees hear that sort of thing. And nobody wants to, you know, everybody, it's like that mentality. We want to see the fight. We want to see it go on. Right. Oh, push through, push the hardness, you know, show us you're a warrior. But I think if a ref had a possibility and he can hear those sort of things and know it, if that round starts going and you're starting to see it happen, call a timeout, allow the doctor to, to come in, allow the fighter to kind of explore and have a moment to say, all right, do I want to keep continuing? Allow the corner to come, you know, interact and say, are you good? You good? Do you want to keep going? You know, and give that moment. And then if everybody, we're good, we're good. All right, let's go back into it. You know, yes, does it kill the momentum? But don't penalize them for putting another maybe safety check if there is something that's a miss. That I don't if hate something that. is All off. All right, so let's talk, so let's talk about Jan Saki's performance because I mean, you've seen Dana's comments. Dana's like, never let this moron referee again. And, and <laughs> that's no know, fucking real saying. Well, it, I know it's tough because well, look, I mean, dude, look look at here. You know, look at Mazagati. Like we live in Nevada, Mazagati. Yeah. Man, he doesn't referee anything anymore. He's trying to be a, a, a timekeeper now. I believe is what he's trying to do. I mean. And, and, and I'm not trying to defend Mazagati, but it, it's just weird when you're like, don't ever let – you know, he's had some good good performances as well. Did he drop the ball here? Maybe. So let me ask you – all right, so let me just – I'll throw – this time I'll start. With Mario Yamasaki, I, I don't think he's a horrible referee. I don't think he has no business, you know, refereeing. But I will say this. I do think he dropped the ball here. I think that the fight should have been stopped early, uh, earlier than it was, I should say. Um, I'm kind of okay with it in the first round, and here's the thing. Yeah. Here's here's what's weird, right? So <clears throat> the fight starts, and uh, Shevchenko comes out, and she rocks her early on, right? She rocks Cachoeira early on, but then she takes the fight to the ground. She gets on top. She has a dominant position. She's doing damage, but it's not concussive damage. Like, it's easier to see when you're talking about uh, – you know, when you're talking about knockdowns, like if you see somebody knocked down three times, four times, five times, yeah. that's easy as a referee to be like, oh, my God, I got to stop this. When somebody's already laying on the ground and they're, you know, they're just getting punched a little bit, but they're moving, they're moving, they're moving, they're getting punched. Like, I'm okay with the fact that this fight didn't stop in the first round, even though it was an incredibly dominant first round. I'm okay with that. But I think to me what referees need to, uh, to do and, and, you know, Maybe I'm wrong here, and, you know, hopefully I can speak to Mark Goddard soon or whatever. I mean, a guy that I really trust. But to me, <coughs> excuse me, when round two gets into the exact same position as round one, and you've already seen that Cachoeira has no ability no to get off of her back. Right. And you said it. You said couldn't improve position. No answer. You said it. When that happens, I think you have to have a much shorter leash. At that right. point, you're like, dude, I already gave you like three minutes to get out of this position, and you didn't. Right. Now we're in round two, and and you're on your back again, and you're taking, you know, punches. Maybe they're not knockout punches, but it's enough. To me, like, you have to have a shorter leash when you've already seen that position. Like, had round two played out on the feet, maybe you give her a longer leash. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, she was on her back in round one, but now she's doing better in round two. But when it goes into the exact same position – and you've already seen you have no answer for that. At that point, you got you got to call it. You got to. I mean, you got to you got to be smarter for the fighters. I mean, as much as the refs are there to make sure that rules are followed, they are there for the fighter safety. And if a fighter is getting right back to the same thing where all she's doing is taking punishment, right? Then at that point, you know, you're just we we know these fighters are tough. We're knowing whatever. You got you got to be able to 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 just stop it when you realize that nothing's happening. I mean, granted. 
I mean, if she's taking no damage and she doesn't improve her position, I mean, there's some fighters that seem to spend time on their back. Some people welcome it. You see guys trying to pull guard immediately. They right. drop down. They're trying to pull. They want to do that. But there's a difference when they're in guard, but they're only taking damage and they're not doing anything to get out of it. At some point, you got to be, you got to realize that, all right, this fighter is is being just swamped. It's out of their league, you know, and, and do a better job. And at that point, he did it. You know, he, he, he didn't realize that she was completely outclassed, but she was tougher than what she was. She had more toughness than she had skills at yeah. that point. I mean, but she was undefeated. She had a lot of, you know, uh, I mean, I hate to think that, you know, I mean, I know you even hear when, when Trigg recently was on radio, said he, he would have these conversations and in the back. And I guarantee all these fighters, they're like, you know, hey, if I'm in a position, let me go. Let me go. Let me go. I'll, I'll get through it. Let me go. Let me go. But he said, as soon as I walk out of the room, I forget everything that was said. You know, and, and I wonder if some of those things, Mario, I mean, being in Brazil and all that stuff, that's, that's a big part of his life. I don't know how to heart he takes those discussions and how much What's he actually, you know, yeah, he's, his little heart, man. He's <laughs> like, I'm taking this shit to heart right here. I'm wearing it on my chest. Uh, that he doesn't realize that, you know, you know, because maybe he's afraid of the conversation he's going to have afterwards when they're like, bro, you stopped it too early. Where now he's like, ah, oh, I let it go. I let it go. You see, I let it go. You know, but I don't know. He, he, he uh, it was, yeah, it should have been stopped earlier. But. I agree. All right. Let's, uh, all right. Enough about Brazil. Yeah, because I got some other stuff I was going to throw your way oh, too. Well, you got, oh, you, well, you well, no, got, this wait, is, wait, but this wait, is you about, no, this, no, this you is just about stuff. Bellator. Just for, it just made me think because I think a lot of this fight, a lot of people, and this brought up in the conversation when I was having, when I was with Angelo. Angelo was showing me a little boxing stuff, but I was there covering uh, Anna, you know, doing a little thing. But Anna brought up the point, and we were talking Anna about Hulleton. the fight. Anna Hulleton, uh who has a fight coming up February 16th. She's on the uh, she's still on the main card, but she's there fight with fighting Roy Heather and all Hardy. those guys. Fighting Heather Hardy. That should well, be a good they're one. Gonna, they're going to do MMA and boxing. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. I think it's really, that really, they're gonna really They're going to do both. Cool. It's, it's fun that the Bellator is willing to sign this up. That's what I – and she is so excited about the fact that – I mean, she's going to have her – they're both going to have their boxing promoters there at the fight watching right. because depending on how that fight comes out, how injured they are or aren't can kind of really push back the boxing thing. Yep. But when we were talking about the stoppage, yeah, part of it that she brought up was the fact of were people bitching about it because it was women, you know? And I said, no, even if this if this I've was heard two that dudes heard that and before. that same shit that was going on, people would have been in an uproar about it. But not to talk about that, I don't want to take it too far by that, but my discussion on that was Bellator. And on this fight with her and Heather, uh, she, <laughs> she was like, yeah, it's the women's flyweight feature fight. I said, what do you mean, women's flyweight feature fight? They're not just calling it like a flyweight feature fight? She's like, no, it's called the women's. I was like, well, does that upset you that they have to call it the women's flyweight feature fight, not that it's just a women's right. fight? And she's like, you know, it kind of does. Or th it's a flyweight fight. Yeah, there's a flyweight. The, but, the, but the fact that they made, but they call it, even on their set, the women's flyweight feature fight. Right. Almost like they're saying, hey, look at this feature. Women. We got women fighting here, yeah. you know, instead of just saying a women's flyweight fight. What it's did she say? Because this is an interesting discussion because I don't know. All right. Now, maybe, this, she, is, she, maybe I mean, this is too inside, you know, whatever. But the UFC has gotten away from this. So, uh, I believe – I could be wrong. I, I, should, I didn't know we were going to talk about this or I would have researched it more. But I believe that, like, for instance, Bruce Buffer, when it's a women's bantamweight title fight, no longer says – it's for the women's bantamweight title. It's just the bantamweight title fight of the right. world because you should. 
we, I mean, we've talked about this internally at Made Junkie because we still label things as the women's. You know, like, for right. instance, you know, is that a USC Bantamweight or is that a USC women's Bantamweight? Right, you know and part I mean? of that was, like, because of the discussion, you didn't want dumbasses out there saying, well, if they're both Bantamweights, you know, right. why isn't she fighting that exactly, dude? You know, exactly. like, why aren't they on the same listing? So that part of that was just for category listings and keeping things separate. But the fact that here is they're on the main card and the fact that it just it struck me when I was like, why are they just calling the women's flyweight feature yeah, by it? Yeah. Why aren't they just so calling a flyweight like? feature what by it? Like? She was like, she said, yeah. She said, uh, she was like, it's, she's like, I guess I kind of get it why they're doing it. She's like, but yeah, it kind of bugs me a little bit that they, they you know, because it felt to me, it felt to her, and maybe I was skewing the, the way the direction that was going. I was like, well, does that upset you? Because it seemed to me like they're, that's kind of thrown out like you guys are still a sideshow. Like, oh, hey, look, women. It's a women's feature fight. I'm like, I don't think there's any other women on the card, so why are you going to call it, like, the women's feature fight? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. But it was just interesting. So I was like, oh, man, we got to talk to our Bellator boys, and, you know, and just be like, hey, why are you all going to still try to throw it out as, like, the women's flyweight feature fight and just call it its main card at that point. Just call it a feature fight. I like or it. Or fly, you know, flyweight feature fight. But Perfect segue, because I should just say this week, uh, you know, throughout the MMA Roadshow, I've always said, I'm happy to see cold coffee grow and, and just become more. Oh yeah, I'm getting very fat as this, as, this pod <laughs> show, as this podcast has grown. I'm probably growing 20 or 30 pounds. Grow. We've all been physically growing, unfortunately. <laughs> I've been professionally growing. Oh, okay, I've been okay. professionally growing. What I'm saying is, you know, when we started, I mean, if, if you would go back and listen to the MMA Roadshow episode one, you know, uh, it would be. Me and you sitting on a, a patio in Florida, and you were a videographer at that point. And now 150 episodes. Oh, mosquitoes. my God. That mosquitoes was the worst. Up. I, get, the I worst. can actually just itch my legs right now thinking about it. But 150 episodes later. So we're I mean, we're getting close to three years, bro. We're getting close to three years. Yeah, you and I have been crazy? doing this podcast together and, of course, traveling the world together, covering the, covering the sport of MMA. But you have grown so much from just a videographer to now, I mean – Again, in an interview. I mean, you, you, at this point, at this point, bro, you can handle any aspect of this. So, I was so happy to see this week. You reached out, even though we're in town this week. We're not traveling. Uh, we're both here, but you reached out and you set up a couple interviews. I mean, you went out, you reached out to Anna Hulton, and you went and talked yep. to her, and you reached out to Roy Nelson as well. well and, big country. And, and, and you talked to Big Country. You went to the uh, the Mayweather gym, and. Uh, I don't know. Super sweaty. Well, I was going to say. So I was going to say. I, I, I think what we should do is I think we should play uh, the interview of uh, of Roy of you and Roy Nelson because uh, I think that's legit. You you, yeah. you arranged this. You set this up. You it's a little bit of cut down. It was it was like a little bit rambling. It well, was like our, about fifteen minutes. Right, so well, this will be about set, eight minutes of set, it. Set the scene. How, how did this all come together? Well, it was funny because you know I reached out to Roy and it, and it's odd enough because I felt like those damn radio guys must have been on the same wavelength because I set up the interview with Roy Nelson and then like the next day. Like, Junkie Radio is like, oh, we got Roy Nelson. I'm like, fuck, because I hate it when we double dip. Right. Like, we have too much right. shit, you know, because that happened with Anna as well. You know, Anna was on the, the radio, and then we had it, which is great because, you know, we love seeing her on camera or whatever. But so I reached out to Roy and sent a, t a text to, uh, I think it's Jesse's number who I have, his wife slash manager. Um, I was like, hey, you know, I know Roy's getting ready to go, you know, uh, for the, the fight, but – if there's a chance, I'd love to, to get a little interview, maybe get some training, B-roll, whatever, if you guys got another day here. 
And they hit back, and they're like, okay, well, how about Mayweather Gym? And so I was like, all right, great. You know, and they're like, all right, well, we'll do like 1.30. And this is normally the time where it's either just like the pros um, and some of the invites. So it's not like the normal day. So I was like, all right, well, you know, make sure you meet me there. Bring me in because I don't want to just come in with right, gear right. Yeah, yeah. and have all these cats be like, who the fuck are you, you know? But lo and behold, when I got there, it was like the busiest I have ever seen it. Really? There was like a ton of family members, but there were a ton of other boxers there. So I don't know if there were some other fight stuff that was, was going on. Was Mayweather there getting ready for McGregor? Mayweather was there. Yeah. <laughs> Mayweather there, but House was there. <laughs> Stitch was there off to wow. the side. So I'm like, so I think there were some other fighters that had something coming up. So, I mean, I was like, because they don't just hang out at the yeah, Mayweather yeah, gym. Exactly. Um, but Roy was there. Roy had already kind of got a workout in. So. I go up to Roy. I was like, you know, hey, this is what I'm hoping for. Want to get some B-roll. Want to get uh, an interview. You know, we should interview after. And he's like, all right, whatever you need. So he gets back in, and I got him to do some of the boxing and stuff. And then we just kind of did a little quick interview in the middle of the room while he was still kind of working with different people. But it was like a different trainer than I'd seen him use before. So it was a different boxing coach and different other stuff. So I'm not sure if there's been different, you know, changes. But he didn't have some of the same personnel that I remember seeing him with before. But it was interesting. I mean, like, it was a full packed house, but it was hot as all get out in there. And it literally had that gym, gym oh, boxing yeah. smell. So, one, I'm sweating just like a wreck in there getting the interview, shooting with them. I'm just dripping down. I didn't even train, but I felt like I had trained. But Roy was awesome, dude. He got into the ring. He hit mitts for me. And then he's like, Is, are you good? I was like, yeah, bro, I can make it work. That's enough for me. He's like, he's like, I go over and hit the heavy bag for you if you want to. I was like, dude, if you want to go hit the heavy bag, let's go hit the heavy bag. So he went over the heavy bag and did it for like maybe about a minute. But he, he totally roared out in it. And he was like, he's like, ah, yeah. And he's making all this noise. And I can see his <laughs> boxing coach off the side <laughs> kind of laughing and looking because I could tell that there were probably other boxers like, what is going on over there? But Roy's just sound. He's like, ah, ah. And Roy being – Roy and Roy, uh, oddly enough, if people didn't know, like Roy loves like the whole video side of things. He's very into shooting videos and doing all this stuff. That. He likes movies, all this stuff. So when I was first shooting them and hitting mitts, he's like, "You shooting in 60 frames?" I was like, "Oh, why? Because you think I'm gonna take it and slow it down?" I was like, "I love that you just asked me how my frame rate was that I was shooting." I was like, "No, I'm shooting 24 frames, you know, but I'm, I, I might switch I to some 60." So he, he he has a movie sponsorship with. Uh What's the one at uh, Galaxy? No, not Galaxy. The one at Town Center. It's, uh, it's AMC? a big change. AMC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw, I saw Jumanji, courtesy of Roy yeah, Nelson. I've seen some movies. Courtesy of Roy Nelson. Yep. Uh, and and it ran into Timothy Johnson there with his beautiful stash, just chilling, hanging yep. out. Uh, yeah, he does. And it's just like a, 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 I don't know how often he does, but yeah, Roy's got a movie uh, club. That he literally, you can go and you can sign up for his movie listings. He'll give you invites to go to the movies. Uh, he just goes. And you but can, I didn't know he was like a video guy, too. But no, he, I just he thought likes, he had like a, a movie He likes videos. So he literally shoots his own videos a lot of times and he does a lot of his own stuff at his own house. So he's all about it. He's all about shooting the, the videos. So he's asked me in the past, he's asked me about different gear, cameras and stuff that I use and all that other kind of stuff. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so it was funny. So as we're like, I was shooting the thing, he's like asking me what my frame rates was that I was shooting That's the videos funny. and stuff. So he was selling it, but it was great. So we ended up shooting the videos. We shot the interviews. He was, you know, it was sweaty as all get out, but it was literally, it was like 30 minutes in and out, but he was, he was the, 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 the consummate professional when it came to, he's like, I want to do this. He's like, what do you need? Let's do it, you know? But he was like, it is funny because his Jesse, his wife managed off the side, like, 
make sure he plugs his sponsors. You oh. know, and he's like trying to prep she's Roy hilarious. in the beginning. She's like, she, dude, she's like, Roy, don't forget your sponsors. Don't forget your sponsors. She asked me in L.A. <laughs> to bring up the uh, – because he, he signed with Monster now. So she asked me yeah. in L.A. She's like, will you bring up Monster? And I'm like, hey, so I hear you're part of Monster now. He's like, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, come on. Now. You got to sell it better than that. Like he actually – it's funny because at one point he was talking because one of his is like the Soba, I guess, which they – they uh, it's like a they create a drug for when people are coming off of like – drugs in your system or something or it's like a rehab thing or something yeah. i'm not even quite sure i didn't look it up but he kept throwing it out when he was talking about guys that were trying to get clean he's like you know if so-and-so is trying to get clean you know i got this soba or whatever like this sponsor or something he kept throwing it out there but at one point when he was talking Might about the walkouts he's <laughs> like yeah if i want to walk out and have rico's nachos if i want to walk out and have a monster drink i was like i was like I didn't see her off to the side, but I was like, I bet Jesse's just checkmarking. Yeah. She's checkmarking on the on the <laughs> pad, like he's going through his sponsors and stuff. But no, it was great. It was, but it was, it was, it was, it was wonderful. I was, I was glad I was able to get the the thing set up with Anna. But Roy's always been real good, and I think part of that relationship came from the time that we spent at the UFC when I worked with the UFC. Yeah. Like, even when he was a guest fighter uh, in Japan, we went to uh, one of the Air Force bases, him and uh, Carlos Condit. We got to spend time with the troops and stuff. So a lot of those times, uh, you know, he's always been one of my favorite fighters that uh, has always just been real. And I remember even when he was having discussions with the UFC and they weren't on the best of terms. And I remember at one point while I was the employee just trying to like, trying to like, I wanted him to like follow the rules because I didn't want him right. to like be gone. Yeah. But I remember thinking like, I understand why this guy is sort of talking back to the UFC, you know, and, and you see a lot more of that now. So, you know, as much as, you know, we do see these fighters, you know, they, they do need to do what they need to do to stay in the good graces. I do respect when the fighters do stand up for themselves when they realize that it might blacklist them. It might make them not be, you know, Dana's favorite fighter or whatever. And Roy was always one of those ones that was always true to himself, you know, whether a lot of times in his interviews he, he's always funny sometimes to the point of where he never really answers your question. He just kind of stays in the funny mode you just kind of take what you get you know but he was in good spirit so all right well let's listen to cold coffee going out on his own floyd mayweather's gym this is what's up cold coffee speaking to big country roy nelson we're gonna re-up on some frosty beverages and you can listen to this it's amazing look at this dude just spreading his wings how is life at Bellator, just the organization, the fact that you could bring sponsors back in? Just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, how happy you are over there at Bellator right now. Yeah, no, the one thing about Bellator is um, it's just a, I guess they're uh, revamping, they're bringing love back to MMA. That's probably the best way I can uh, describe it is where the fans start loving MMA again because, like, there's a, there a point where MMA is kind of, I don't want to say it took a downturn, but kind of like, Took a little frozen, and then I think Scott bringing back the Grand Prix. It just brings you know more attention back to MMA and why fans fell in love with MMA in the first place. It seems that you're very very excited about the Grand Prix. The, the, is it the format? Is it uh, you know just the guarantee of a title shot at the end? What is it about the Grand Prix that you really really enjoy? Uh, the one thing I love about the Grand Prix it allows fans to follow MMA. It makes it simple. It's just like uh, like people that don't watch college uh, basketball. When March comes, they they watch college basketball because they're like, oh, that's the guy that's 6014. I I don't even know anything about it, but I want that team to win because it's the uh, Cinderella story. 
or like in our, our case, I want that old guy to win because he's the oldest guy in the uh, tournament. The one thing about the Grand Prix, it's not really knowing the opponents, it's knowing that if I win three fights, I'll be champion. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter who's in the, you know, who's in your way, your best friend, your girlfriend, whatever, like, you know, three fights, you're going to be the champ. Um, I, because I've been in other organizations where I, you know, I've won three in a row and then, and then every time it's always, oh, you just win that next one, you win that next one. I mean, I think it, it went on like that for Junior Dos Santos for after he cleared out the whole heavyweight division pretty much. What, since this is sort of spread out though, does the fact that, you know, if injuries do come in place and there's no set date on the semifinals and the finals, you know, is, was, was the initial hope that this thing would play out by the end of the year? I mean, is it, is it a little bothersome that this might not even be settled this year, that it could possibly go into next year? I mean, is there any little worry about that or is it you still just focus on what's, what's immediately ahead of you? Uh, the way I look at it is I know what my contract says and I know because I, 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 I like, I'm one of those busy bodies. I like to fight a lot. so. I like to try to get three fights in a year, so as long as I get three fights in a year, I'm good. How important is it to you that, that you can stay busy, that you can stay active, that you can stay out there in the public eye? Uh, for me, I, I just like to be busy because I just like what I do. I like to put on the show for the fans, and um, the difference is, is once you become champion, everybody else just kind of goes, oh, my, my toe hurts, uh, my pinky hurts. Like it, It's like, I just like to fight. I mean, it's just, you go out there, you're going to win some, lose some, but as long as you're putting on a show for the fans, you're always going to, people are going to love you. I mean, is this a, a different opponent than what, who you faced the first time? I mean, since time has passed, I mean, are you a different opponent for him? Kind of speak to him where he's maybe grown since the last time you've, that you've seen him, and where is he still really a problem that you have to deal with? Uh, I think uh, with Matt, Matt, Matt's just an athletic guy. He's, been, you know, he's strong, explosive, um, and I think every fight that he's got um, better and better, and I think I'm going to get the best mat out there. I think that's the best mat that I'll possibly see is on February 16th. But at the end of the day, I'm the better fighter. So does this feel like a typical rematch? Or does the fact that it's a, this tournament setting and, and going for this long, longer goal of the title, does it make it, this fight feel different than a typical rematch? I don't know. I've never had a rematch. Because every time I've ever had a re, try to get a rematch, everybody else has got to duck me. So I, I guess I have to do the rematches the other way. So if I beat you, then I give you a rematch. Mitrione is going in as the, a slight favorite over top. Do those sort of things play into to either you, or do you think most fighters pay attention to that sort of stuff, or is that just more for the fans, more the, for, the, for the media? I mean, and does that maybe push you forward a little bit, coming and knowing that you're already the underdog? Um, you know what? I think the bookies I don't really know MMA that much. Uh, usually, I think what they do is they, they go to MMA Junkie or uh, USA Today and look at their rankings and see that like four or five of the, the people in the top ten are drug, drug guys that, that they have ranked. So I think they're like, dude, we got to go with the drug guy. So I think that's how they, they, they do the bookies. There's another uh, fellow Las Vegan, Frank Mir. Well, actually, that's one fight I would actually uh, like to have because that would be one rematch that, I, that would be forced upon them versus going you can't duck this one if you want to get if you want to get the belt you got to go through me so I, I like that one and speaking on me or at least his opponent Fedor that he's going against a guy like that should you guys meet up in, in the final since he's opposite uh, on the opposite side of the bracket would a win like that be extra special or or would just winning the title be enough for you uh I think uh and is it a fight maybe that you've, you've thought about it at some point? No, I definitely would. Uh, anytime you could fight Fedor, because that's like one of those like bucket list type fights. Uh, but like, you know, he, Frank, has, Frank has to get past Fra uh, Fedor. Fedor has to get past Frank. Um, but like one of my sponsors, uh, Soba, uh, it's a, a drug rehab. So if anybody needs to get off that, you know, like 
So if Frank needs it, you know, I'm more than offered to offer that to him. Over on the UFC side, we have Daniel Cormier fighting Stipe Miocic, both guys that you actually fought back to back. What are your thoughts on that fight? And, and when you see that playing out, how do you see that fight playing out? Uh, you know what? That's one fight I would, I would love to have back with Stipe because I had a week's notice for that fight. Um, definitely would love that fight. Uh, I mean, Stefan Struve knocked him out. Uh, so I guess I guess Stefan Struve is the baddest man on the planet. No, I think uh, I, I I actually have Daniel, you know, winning that fight over uh, Stipe, uh, especially this far out because he actually has a camp. I'm just going off of my experience with fights. I fought Daniel with a camp, and then I fought Stipe without a camp, and then I judge against that, and I go Daniel probably win. So you're picking Daniel, Daniel hands down. Daniel hands down. One one of the fun things about uh, Bellator, besides being able to have all the great sponsors is that they allow you to have fun with the walkouts. Yeah, no, I think definitely like with uh, Bellator is trying to bring the pride show back where it's it definitely we're in the entertainment business um, and then allows me to showcase, you know, different sponsors. You get to walk out with cool themes. If I wanted to walk out with, you know, like a honky-tonk band, I, I'd be able to come out with a honky-tonk band. If I can come out with, you know, hold Monster Energy drink, then I'm going to hold out Monster Energy drink. Uh, if I come out with freaking me nachos, you know, from Rico's, you know, like it's it's... I think it's freaking awesome, and I mean, well, we can't do the. Um, I, I guess I can't come out with heroin and do like my so, you know, soba uh, rehab, but because uh, that would get me in trouble. But um, definitely like um, maybe some barbecue from a rolling smoke or something. Doing rolling smoke. I mean, we can do uh, copper gel, you know, because I got aches and pains because I'm old, you know. Like there's there's lots of different things that uh, I like about the walkout. Weird Al was uh, basically, um, so when you fight, saw me fight on Saturday, you had a water cooler moment on Monday, and you'd be like, dude, did you see that fight? Well, and then be like, no, but did you know he came out to Weird Al? Da, 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 and then they'd still be talking about it. And then it worked, it worked until the UFC canceled where I couldn't come out to Weird Al. How important is it to give a lasting memory to your fans, and is that something that's very important for you, outside of just getting a W? No, it's, it's always getting the W. I mean, that's the first and foremost, especially in the Grand Prix. It, it is about the W, because yeah. that's how you get to the belt. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the thing, my thing is, is I try to grow my demographic and my, and my fan base to get bigger and bigger so that when I do get to the championship, I got more fans to cheer for. Talk about the, the, you got this movie club going on, you got these tour things going on. You know, how is that all going and, and is that something that you really enjoy doing to kind of maybe, I guess, keep you leveled outside of the fight game? Yeah, no, the, the one thing that uh, I, I guess MMA and business is uh, kind of showing me is just the different avenues and I've met some great people in my sport, um, be able to travel the world. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I could do stuff with my kid. That's why, you know, I love food, so that's why we did hot car tours. Uh, that was like, you know, one of the fun things. Uh, then, like, I love doing movies. I love being in movies. I love making movies. I love watching movies. So it just was kind of like all like the perfect fit. Food, movies, little go-kart, you know, like scooters, uh, and then things I can do with my kid. I know you've played this fight out in your head. How do you see you get your arm raised on February 16th? Uh, easy. Uh, whoever the ref is, is going to raise it for me, February 16th. <laughs> I appreciate the time. Welcome back to the MMA Roadshow. That was Cold Coffee doing his thing, interviewing Roy Nelson. Look it's at Cold look at Coffee, this guy. sweaty conversations. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm telling you, man. You don't even need me anymore, man. This thing's going to be I all don't done. know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> that's what's up. All right, listen. I, I should say, by the way, if you like what you listen to, do us a favor. Log into iTunes. Rate us. Review us. Uh, you know, give us five stars if you can. Give us some feedback if you can. I always love that. You can get feedback like uh, I'm not gonna say my man, but he, he he's Tom Bay 13. Now he only gave us three stars. He only gives three stars. Go copy three out of five stars. Uh, That's still a passing grade. I mean, it's still a passing grade. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I wasn't. A, I wasn't really that unhappy when I saw it. I was like, well, at least that's you know that's pretty much positive. That's a C. Right? But then his this this was the review he left us. This this well actually it says this you for you, John. So I'm, I think I think he meant to say this is for you, John. But it says this you for you, John, USA, and then there's four USA flags, which I found a little bit shocking. Like I. Because you're a communist. I, I, yes, I am. You saying I mean, you're not American I, enough? I, I, I get it because I think I think it boils back to when we talked about the fact that you know American fans aren't quite as passionate and quite as um, solid sometimes as the international fans, and 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 I'm not a fan of the US the USA chant. You know what I mean? Like it's you said, a you weren't bit, a fan of the USA chant. Well, I don't think it needs that. I, mean, I guess I, I see. What, I remember. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You know what's better than that? The O H I O chant. Oh, that's. <laughs> Right. I know you hate that one. Even oh wait, I oh. If you realize that, you have to. It's it, by the way. If you've never, if you've never been in Ohio at all, uh, I I lived in Ohio for a year. I lived in Dayton. Uh, people that graduated from what do they call it? The Ohio State it's University. The Ohio State. As you don't even have to graduate from it. You can just claim it by being a wonderful individual and an Ohioan and a fan of the greatest university. In the world, wow! That obviously cool <laughs> coffee went to. Uh, for whatever, when you're in Ohio, if you are a fan of Ohio State University, or if you graduate from there, or whatever, if you just in a random bar say "oh," somebody will yell back to you. I O. I O. It's the <laughs> fucking. It's which most of people. Have, you watch the, Deepay, you I'm not gonna lie. The first Deepay time, the, the first time I thought it was cool. Oh, he did do that after he won, right? Yeah, he did. The first time I saw it, I thought it was cool. Uh, I, it's kind of neat. I mean, to be in a, a bar full of strangers and just, like, have that connection. But then and, it gets kind of And then old. you're just then not strangers anymore. At that point, you have a, a brotherhood, oh. a fellowship, oh. if you will. All right, so listen. <laughs> bottom line is uh, he chastised me. So uh, Wait, but he might be one of the, the – one So, of the Tom Bay, I apologize. Hopefully you're still listening. Maybe you can go back and give us five stars. I'm not hating the USA champ. I'm just saying, I'm like, say he might be one of those guys that maybe, maybe he thought when you were saying that that uh, the USA fans typically don't really cheer or do whatever. Maybe right. he's thinking like, I cheer my ass off. Ah. We cheer our ass off, brah. Tom Bay. Oh, H. <laughs> I don't know. That was for you. He, he said. He said. I O. I heard him back. I heard exactly. him back. I felt all right. It. So, all right. Maybe you can leave us some better feedback than that. All right, let's talk about UFC 221 that's happening this week. We're not there. We're not there in Perth. Uh, I'm bummed. I hate to not be there, but I won't belabor that point. Um, I get it. It's it's not it's it's not the greatest. It sucks that Whitaker's out. How cool is that though? That Whitaker got pulled from this fight because of his health issues, and then his baby was born this week, and he said, "Hey, listen, that's you know a message from God. You know things happening the same way. I mean that is cool. Like I will say this as a father, there's nothing better than." I mean, I, I love nothing more. So than you're saying it was great because he was there to be able to watch it or whatever. Well, or? he was just saying, yeah. I mean, he would have had to been training and getting ready for a fight during the week of his kid's birth, and it turns out that he got, you know, 
he got to be with his kid. His, his kid was born early, basically. Uh, wasn't, yeah, gotcha. yeah, so I mean, everything worked out perfect. So. so we had to spend a lot more money than to, than to earn money this week. Why you gotta be? <laughs> why you gotta be negative, dude? <laughs> I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. I'm I mean, like, he could have made a lot of money, and now right, he had to spend a lot of money. Oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, fuck him. I've been working with this guy for 150 years. I love episodes. babies. I this love guy. babies. <laughs> the dingo. <laughs> the dingo took his baby. <laughs> now he's gotta watch out for the dingoes. <laughs> what was that movie? What was that movie I called? Know, is That's that the real, only. It's a real a fucking line? movie. It's and it's like a dingo to ate my baby or something because it was like this. Ca- this family was like camping or something, and, and then the kid went <laughs> I missing. I thought you just made that up. No, it's like it's like a movie. I remember watching. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll all look right, it up. all right. Let's talk about. All right, so just looking at the. Prelims. I'm doing a search on Google. Dingo ate my baby <laughs> movie. <laughs> Here's a YouTube clip of it from the movie A Cry in the Dark with Meryl Streep, dog. Meryl Streep. They, they don't get much I thought you made legit. that up. That's a real movie line? Yeah. The dingo. Come on, Meryl. Where you at? Let me fast forward to the button. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that it was Meryl Streep that delivered it. That's legit, y'all. All right. A cry in the dark. <laughs> that is a real thing. That's what that's what it's from. A dingo ate my baby. Well, hopefully. Wait, this thing. Wait, this is calling it Evil Angels. Which one is it? Hopefully, Robert. While Whitaker on vacation in the Australian that. outback, Seventh Day Adventist priest Michael Chamberlain, Sam Neill, and his wife Lindy Meryl Streep discover their baby Azaria is missing from the tent where she is sleeping. Lindy claims she saw a dingo leave the tent with something in its mouth. Whoa, but see, the media were hating on it. They thought that they murdered her baby. But it was the dingoes. <laughs> the dingoes took her baby. <laughs> okay, I got a little distracted. So ridiculous. <laughs> All right, can we talk about UFC 221 for Christ's sake? Good Lord. What is wrong with you? Well, I'm happy he's having a baby, though. Baby. Just watch them dingoes. All right. Uh, uh, listen, USC 221, all right, get it. This is not going to be a huge pay-per-view success. There's no question about it. No. It's not going to be massive, but uh, just want to kind of burn through the preliminary card real quick. Uh, I think there's some fun fights on here. First of all, uh, Teruto is on the prelims. I'm so bummed that we can't be in Perth talking to Teruto Ishihara versus uh, Jose Quinones. This is a, this will be a uh, a fun fight. I think it's gonna be a fun fight. Mizuno yep. Rota versus Ross Pearson. Okay, I think so that's, that's another be one. A fun fight. I mean, Pearson's always been a good uh, good interview for us. Always been a, a fan of the road show. I, I, I'm bummed that we can't get either one of those. Those are gonna be good. Justo Formiga versus Ben Wynn is gonna be fantastic. That's a good one. Jeremy Kennedy versus Alex Volkanovski. By the way, I mean two dudes that are legit prospects in yep. the featherweight division and not necessarily getting the love they want. Uh, that's a big, big fight, and it's not going to be getting any love whatsoever. I, I, you know, Israel Adesanya. Uh, I, I will say this tomorrow morning. I hope it happened because it's supposed to be happening right now. Uh, Israel Adesanya's style bender uh, is doing an interview with Ben Folks. The last style bender. The dude is is the man. Dude. Like if you watch his highlights, he's he's. I guess I, I hate. Here's what I hate to say. He's the UFC's version of MVP, Michael yeah, Vinton Page. Yeah, I've heard that before. But I, but, but I hate to do that because MVP hasn't been tested yet, and obviously Israel Adesanya for, for, for coming in 
and facing Rob Williams, and like he's going to be tested right away. He's not getting any give me fights. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not hating on Bellator for the way they've matched make MVP. Like they're doing what they can do. Yeah. Um, but this dude, I think, is is legit. I think he's uh, I think he's worth watching. So we're recording this, and I believe the interview is happening right now as we're recording this, or just happened recently. I hope we'll have a piece on him. But uh, I will say, I think this is a dude that. Uh, People should watch. You you see some highlights. You oh, think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he looks fun, right? Yeah, he looks a lot of fun. That's. A, I mean, look at this card. I mean, that's that's a sick card. Now that I kind of look at it, because even the next fight with Damian Brown and our Duncan man Kim, Damian Brown, dude. I mean, those. Uh, I mean, outside of maybe. Well, now that you kind of sold me more on the Adesanya fight, like out of those seven fights, I mean, six of them. Five to six of those are, are like, must-see. I care about it. I, I, like, yeah. I get it. Okay, first fight of the night, I can see some people say Daichi A versus Luke Jumo. Yeah. Luke, Jumo Luke Jumo is a guy that uh, a lot of people are high on um, from the New Zealand market. So I can, see how, I, <laughs> I can see how some people would say, like, all right, that's the one. All right, whatever. If, if you're God, gonna I hate it fight. when the UFC puts but, the wrong fucking – got him looking to the left. I know, right? That drives me so crazy. I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all take pictures. Put the one the where he faces the other direction. The but same. that's a good. That is. A, I mean, that's even that. He's. It's like UFC.com. He's, he's a. He's a, <laughs> he's a good. He's a good fight. So yeah, I mean, really, when you think it, all seven of those fights are good fights. Are going to be fun fights to Ishihara watch. Ishihara Kanonas, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. He wrote that Pearson is going to be fun. Formiga win. That actually means something. In fact, I ran into uh, earlier this week. I ran into Joseph Benavides. Uh, at uh, you know my, my kid trains at Extreme Couture, yep. and uh, we were at practice uh, last night, actually. We were at practice last night, and I ran to uh, Joseph Benavides. He was leaving pro practice. Uh, he was actually saying, I'm paying attention to this fight. He was like, dude, if uh, he's like, Formiga win? He's like, if win wins that fight, you know, like maybe that's a fight that makes sense. You know, I was supposed to fight Ben Win before. Maybe we match that up around like May, June, um, somewhere around there. He was saying, he, he was saying uh, Joseph Benavides was saying he should be back around late May early June, but I was also telling him, like, listen, I mean, if you already know that Demetrius is fighting uh, TJ, which it yeah. seems like it should be, which I, I think that's a fight that should happen, um, there's no need to rush back, right? I mean, right. He's, he's recovering from injury. He might as well just chill for a little bit, let, you know, let yourself recover 100%, fight around that same time. But he was saying, you know, if Ben Wynn wins that fight, you know, I should I should probably uh, fight him. So match that back up again. Tim Elliott, man. I, oh. That's... That's no joke right there. I mean, like, I would think uh, my gut tells me that's a big step up for, for Wynn going to Joe, but this is a Joe right off of injury, mm -hmm. and he was able to push his way kind of easily through Tim Elliott. I mean, like, and I feel like Ben's, I was, Ben's firing on a really good level right now. I was telling Joseph, and I think we've talked about it before, but I feel like, you know, I get it. The whole thing, like, if you're 0-2 against a champion, it's hard to get a third fight. But yeah. it's literally been years. It's been years, man. Yeah. I think it's time. I think if he if he you know if he continues to prove himself as the number one contender, yes, we've seen it before, but let's see it again. So yeah, uh, love that. All right, Jeremy Kinney, Alex Volkanovski. I mean, look. I mean, look at the records. Just look at the records. Eleven and 0, 16 yeah. and one. I mean, those are guys that matter. They're fighting at featherweight. Uh, that's a big fight. So yes, style bender. I think he's going to be massive. And then Damian Brown. Always that's pretty solid, dude. man. Early prelims and prelims. That's solid. All right, those are solid. The main card though, it kicks off with Tyson Pedro. Versus Saperbeck Safarov, Tyson Pedro. Do they have facing the wrong direction as well? Do they have Tyson Pedro Jesus facing the wrong Christ. direction? Jesus Christ, UFC, come on. They need somebody Yeah, they got him facing to the left. He's on the left side, and they have him pointing to the left like they're both, like, staring at Joanna over there wearing her I mean, Shop Now UFC store ad. I mean, they probably would be if we're being honest. What, looking at Joanna? Yeah. 
yeah. instead of looking to the other <laughs> side for Stipe. I did feel good that the fact that I was like, oh, hey, look, they put Stipe in there, you know, as much as they <laughs> Stipe feels like they don't advertisement push him. And they really didn't when it came to how much they were pushing Nagano. They didn't push Stipe as much. But immediately after that, I felt like I was like, wait, look at this UFC store ad. Here's Stipe. But I was like, why are we not seeing Rose in her champion gear? How come we're still seeing Yolanda over here? But whatever. But, yeah, so they got Tyson looking the wrong direction as well. But, dude, that fight is sick. Tyson's always been a, a, a big, big sort of favorite of ours. He's always been good. Even I remember at the uh, – uh, the the athlete retreat, you know, mm -hmm. he came over and had some good conversation with us. Was in great spirits, and he's always, always, always fun to watch. And that's a dangerous, dangerous dude. Man, he's only six and one. I know it's so, he's so that's crazy. Well, listen, I had a chance to talk to uh, Tyson right before I uh, left the house to uh, to come here to record the podcast. And uh, hell, might as well share that, right? Yes. Here's the conversation we had with uh, Tyson Pedro. Tyson, how you doing, sir? Good, John. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's getting close to the uh, the weight cut and the fight and all that, so I appreciate it. No trouble at all. Well, talk to me, man. How was uh, how was your preparation for this one, man? I mean, you and Mark and Ty, everybody being on the same card. I gotta I gotta imagine it was kind of a, a little bit of a special feeling. Amazing. Uh, it's getting to that end of the camp. I just want to punch someone now, so I'm getting that itchy fist. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, like uh, I didn't train. Um, I got to go up and see them training, but they're too much for me. They're like <laughs> they're the worst to train with out of everyone. I don't know about Mark, but Ty and the rest of their crew, like um, timings and trying to organize stuff, it's just too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, man. I bet you guys had you guys had Rob there for a little while as well. What was that like? Everybody, uh, you know, I mean. That that would have been really special. Had he been able to pull through as well, I imagine. Yeah, we've um uh, we've been trying to line up training to uh, for a while now, Rob and I, and uh, it just hasn't worked out. He's had an injury, I've had an injury. He's been out. I've been away from camp, so uh, this time it worked out perfectly. And I got some mad uh, mad training in with him. We got uh, some awesome sparring in. Unfortunately, obviously, that um, he got really sick, but it worked out for the best for him as well. Good to see the birth of his mm. baby. So. Mm. Very true. What is that? I mean, seeing that group of guys together, man, it feels like this, you know, a, a special generation, man. Do you, do you kind of feel like there's there's something kind of magic going on right now? Yeah, man, we're that next generation. It's the poly takeover. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Speaking of, I got to ask about the uh, the podcast, man. I've had fun watching your podcast. What, what got you into that, man? What, what, that, what, uh, what influenced you to want to do that? Man, we're sitting um, – uh, Ty and myself were sitting there we're watching these funny guys like just teasing videos and we're like man we should do this it will be funny as and we just were like we'll just go in the garage talk shit we we were planning it for ages it never happened and I was like man let's just pump out an episode I can't remember who I was talking with but someone like just motivated me and they're like I think it was Gary V or something and he was like it doesn't matter what the content is just get it out there and learn on the way and we finally got in there and uh, ended up doing an episode and I was um, like it just it has now progressed into something totally different from what we thought it was, and we're starting to add value for people and starting to show, I guess, it's a platform where we can get people on and show that people who weren't expected anything from are able to do something with the with their life, and it's uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. You, cool. you, I mean, both you guys are, are, are awesome dudes and, and got really great personalities. So, what's the what's the feedback been like? Has it been has it been positive? People enjoyed getting to kind of see that side of you. 
I, I don't think I'd, I'd be surprised if I can. I can't remember one actual negative comment where actually no, <laughs> there was an Indian guy on there that called Price fat and said that we're really dumb. That was the only <laughs> thing that I've that I've got that we've had on there. But other than that, it's been all positive feedback. That's awesome, man. Well, it's been fun to watch. All right, let's talk about fighting a little bit, man. Um, you know, your last fight out obviously didn't sure. go your way, man. And uh, you know, I, I know you you don't seem like the kind of guy to to dwell on things or whatever, but. You know, have have you gone back and, and watched that fight? I mean, are there other lessons and things you can take out of that loss? Oh man, I like it. I, I, maybe I think uh, people think when I say that I'm not dwelling on it, I haven't learned from my mistakes. I've I watched that fight uh, about I don't know, fifteen, twenty times, just to see wow. why I messed up my strategy and uh, like what um like what were the things I so not in a bad way. I didn't watch it going, oh man, I sucked a bit. So I was like, why? Because I knew that I messed up the strategy in that fight, and there was a couple of things that. Um, I needed to fix up, but I could. I, 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 in the fight, I'm really good at puzzle um, puzzle solving. That's my thing. I don't really like watching people's fights beforehand because I like figuring it out when I'm in there. And um, I did. I didn't know why I didn't uh, figure it out as well. So it was cool to watch it back. And then I think I've gone back to what I'm good at now, and uh, we'll see if it's paid off. That's interesting. You think people maybe don't don't uh, don't realize how serious you take it sometimes? I mean, you come in with the fun walkout songs. You know, you're always smiling. You got the laid back attitude. You think sometimes people don't realize maybe how serious you do take your career? Oh, uh, I, I I think people would like highly underestimate how seriously I take it. Uh, I don't take life seriously, but I take fighting seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, uh, but. This is um, it's like it, when I'm joking and laughing, walking into the cage. That's pretty much how I take life. Just a joke. As soon as I step in and I bow into that cage, it's game on. It's kill mode. So um, uh, I think that's one of the things that I fucked up in um, uh, my last uh, fight as well. Um, I I just told someone recently. I was um, when I walked in. For some reason, I didn't switch on. I don't know if it was that I was contempt with the Latifi fight. Just going, man, I'm in here against a top ten guy. Look where I'm at. Like a, I was sort of like. It doesn't really matter what happens. I look where I've made it to in the UFC in such a short time, and uh, I was pacing back and forth, and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder where my wife's sitting." Mm. And then I was like, "Oh shit, this is going to be a long night." And then I started <laughs> punching myself in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, I mean, do you think maybe? I mean, because I think people have had high expectations for you, man. I know I've enjoyed watching your growth. I know you know people. Uh, in Australia had been talking to me about you for a long time. I mean, do you think maybe, you know, you didn't have enough expectations for yourself? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. That's um, where I guess that contempt came from. I, like, I, I can't explain it. Like, I, even after the fight, uh, I wasn't even, like, uh, although I wouldn't dwell either way if it lost, I, was, I sort of walked out and go, oh, man, yeah, that's all right. Like, I, I was sort of, like, was almost happy with that. And I was like, but then... As soon as that week passed, I was like, "Man, that what isn't the attitude the attitude I should be in?" Because uh, even going into the camp, I was like, "You know, he's a very strong wrestler. So once he takes me down, then I'm going to do this to get up. Rather than I'm a I'm a beast, I can take him down. He can't take me down. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a, uh, I sort of uh, was in the wrong mindset that I should uh, that I'm not usually in. I'd almost already accepted getting taken down and things like that and then working from there rather than not, not happening in the first place. Yeah, no doubt. You said you like to figure out things in the fight. Um, did, did you Do you change your approach this time? I mean, is that the right approach? Is that who you are? Or did, or did you, you know, do more to kind of maybe figure out who, who Safarov is and, and, you know, what he's going to bring to the table? No, like, uh, I've probably watched more than what I have on my last opponent's. 
but that's a collective minute and a half. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, like um, I, I still like figuring it out in the ring because uh, uh, in the octagon, I should say. But uh, it, it's more because you don't know what that opponent's going to bring. Like uh, if you you plan that, oh man, he's going to stand up and strike with me. And the Safarov is a perfect example, actually. In his last fight, he stood and tried to bang with Vilardi, and then in the fight before that, he ran across the cage and grabbed onto the guy. So I don't know which one he's going to bring, and I'm just making sure that I'm bringing the best version of me, and I'll beat him at, at wherever he wants to take it. No doubt. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I don't think losses are ever good things, but, you know, you do hear guys say, hey, listen, it's nice. I don't have to worry about that undefeated record. I don't have pressure. You don't have expectations. I mean, are there positives, I guess, to take out of a defeat? I, I, I didn't take any negatives out of the defeat, to be honest. Um, the, I, only got, I only got positives because I learned so much not even about the fight, about myself. Um, and uh, I realized that, uh, like, e- even beforehand, losing is not the biggest thing in the world. I keep telling these people, every, everyone takes losses every day in life, and it's how you deal with those losses that will show what you're going to do in the future. So um, I, I took that loss, I learned from it, and now we're going to see a better version of myself because of it. Mm. You feel like it's, uh, you know, this is going to be kind of your breakout moment? Because I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like watching you, like, you know, you, you, you're kind of under the radar a little bit. People knew who you were. People, you know, felt like, you know, you know I, again, I, I feel like people put more expectations on you than you were putting on yourself. Do you feel like now you're ready to maybe embrace that and really kind of kind of rush to the spotlight a little bit? Man, uh, I'll be honest with you. For some reason, um, I'm only bringing out, like, 60% of what I'm doing in training. Like, um my striking, the way my grappling to striking flows and training and wrestling, um, it's not coming out in the cage. And I know that's because I haven't had many fights. So once that, what I'm doing in training comes out in that octagon, then that's when it's going to be breaking out. And that's what I'm trying to do every fight. And this one, I've really, like, we've really been practicing on that flow. So when, when you, when everyone sees it, they're going to go, okay, Tyson, all right, let's, let's go. And that's what I'm trying to do every time for the fans. That's awesome, man. We've you've got your walk in down at, at the very least. What's uh what what what's the track? What are we going with this week? <laughs> Come on, bro. You know I can't do that. <laughs> Been a surprise every time. I can't give you the inside scoop like that. <laughs> We're just trying to break the hard news here, man. You Let know me just say the crowd better be going off when I'm walking in. Otherwise, there's gonna be dramas. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, man. Last thing I got for you, I was, it was funny. I was checking out your UFC profile. I don't know when you filled it out or when you told him. It says your favorite grappling technique is a flying armbar. Have you ever done a flying armbar in your life? Yeah, uh, in the jiu-jitsu tournament, I hit it. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I first wrote that, I was make, my fighting style for my first three fights was beautiful. So um, I'm hoping they can UFC can keep that on. I don't know if they can put on as your fighting style was beautiful, but that's what I want. <laughs> that's because that's my style. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, I'm excited. It's, it's good to see you back in there, man. And, and and I imagine you know this will only progress you forward. How do you see this thing going down? I mean, what are you expecting? Again, I, I think this is a, a big moment for you and everybody else, man. I think this could be a breakout night for for you and Ty, especially. Of course, Mark's already a, a legend of the sport, but I think this could be a breakout moment for you. So how yeah. do you see this thing going down? He's, uh, I have a feeling he's going to try and take my head off in the first, uh, but he takes a lot of punishment um, to try and give out punishment, but uh, I plan on giving out a lot of punishment. So uh, it's not going to be a good night in the office for him.
right, Tyson Pedro. He wouldn't give up the goods. He wouldn't tell us what the the walkout song is going to be. It should be it should be sexual by Naked. I'm Nonstop. Just he played something. He did. Did he, he play something different? Mariah Carey last time. He did some Mariah Carey. It was the. Uh, it was. Uh, damn it! What was it? It was Mariah Carey last Start time out. Feeling emotions. Something like that. Deeper than I've ever felt. I don't think that's. It's got. It's got. Oh, oh, he's got to. He's got to go back to sexual by Naked. That's the jam. That was the jam. I had never heard that song until he he did that walkout, and then I was like, dude, that is like one of the funnest songs I'm ever. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he 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 wouldn't give it up, but that's that's gotta be the one. All right, uh, all right. So let's talk about. Uh, let's keep it on two twenty one. Lee Jing Ling versus Jake Matthews. Leech. I'm, I'm a Leech fan. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I love Jake Matthews. I mean, Jake Matthews has been a guy who's been carrying the uh, the Australian banner forever. Yeah. You know, he's been the guy that they've been uh, they've been wanting to be like kind of the future generation, which is crazy because. There's so many more future generation guys coming, but I, I just I'm I'm a Jingling fan, dude. I, I love it, man. The the the, the it's fight. It's the Jingling baby. Go ahead, baby. It's ah! the Jingling baby. Go ahead, baby. I don't know. That just hello, cool J. It's Jingling baby. Go ahead, baby. It's Jingling baby. Go ahead, baby. I love. <laughs> we should suggest that to him. I'm like, dude, come out to that. He probably would. Man, we have had too many frosty beverages at this would. point. Well, so yeah, out. so Pedro walked out to not sexual and lost. Right. That's what I'm saying. Motherfucker, got to bring that shit back. Bring that shit back. So jingling, baby. Go ahead, baby. Lee jingling, baby. <laughs> Go ahead, baby. <laughs> That's a good, good fight. But yeah, Matthews is super tough. But man. Great fight. Jingling is fucking. See, to me, this is th this goes back to the conversation we were having last week, and I've really been th I've really been giving a lot of uh, a lot of thought about the conversation we had last week about the development of athletes and when to yeah. target the athletes and when to, like Lee Jingling versus Jake Matthews. Is a legit fight, yeah. a legit fight between oh, yeah. two legit cats that have a history that represent China versus Australia. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is a legit fight, and I mean, is the UFC talking about it at all? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shit on the UFC, man. We yeah, have a yeah, lot yeah. of friends at the UFC. I'm not trying to shit on them, and I get it, man. They've got a fight every week. They got things to worry about, but dude. This is people that matter. This is people that I mean, you who should else, target. Who this is the break. This is the break. This is yep. the breakout. I mean, Jingling, his breakout moment was already in Shanghai. Yeah. When he won in Shanghai, I mean, and I was yep. fortunate enough to be there and see that. Amazing. It was incredible. But this will be even more. And then, again, Jake Matthews, the guy that has been supposedly, yes, he's had some losses. And it hasn't all gone perfect for him. But the guy that was supposed to carry the flag for Australia, I mean, these are two young cats. This is your next generation superstars. That's it. And there's next not generation. a touch. Next I generation. I mean, because like when it comes to like China, who else? Who's who's a, who's a bigger star no right now? No it's one. him. No I one. mean, like this is the guy they need to push. If you want to make a big push into that market, this is the kid they need to do it. And you're right. I, I think also with Matthews, when it comes to, I mean, granted they have a little bit more uh, lenience in the fact that Whitaker, you already have an Australian champion. Right. You already have somebody that's True sort of that. carrying True the that. banner, True that. you know, so it's not like they need to put as much pressure on him. But when it comes for, like, the, the China and the Asian market, like, Lee is the dude. Like, yep. that's the guy they need to be pushing out there. I mean, granted, uh, and I believe he's, is, he's speaking more English. More. He doesn't, like, do interviews yet. Uh, it was funny because our, our, our friends for Submission Radio, good cats, they were yeah. like, hey, we'd like to talk to Lee Jingling. What do you think about having him? I was like, I'm just going to be honest with you, like, uh, it, if you want to have him, you should because he's an amazing personality. Awesome. I love him. 
he's just not comfortable yeah. doing interviews. He'll it's gotta off be camera, video, off though. camera, off camera, he'll talk about it. True, but but I, you gotta have him on video because it's, it's his. He smiles. Dude, he has an infectious personality oh, that absolutely. You, you just absolutely big smile. Like just, I feel better every time that we interview him. Yep. Every time I see him, I feel just more positive because dude is radiant. He just is enjoying life. He's doing exactly what he wants to be doing, and he's doing it at an extremely high level. So I mean, what's to what's to be upset about? I guess, but. Yeah, dude, this guy has always been – even when uh, – it was years ago when the UFC was testing the sort of market with the Chinese and they brought some Chinese fighters over to America to kind of work in some of the different camps and they went to the UFC gym mm -hmm. and they did some different things. He was one of the cats that came over with them. And I remember thinking, like, man, there's something about these guys. You know, and some of the guys have kind of went off to the side and some of them aren't really fighting. But this is one that has – risen to the top you know so this it's is definitely thing. a kid we said that, that need to keep an eye on that x factor like you can't yep. you can't quantify it you can't say exactly yep. what it is but when you see it like he has it yep he has it and i've never i mean we've interviewed him a bunch and we've seen him fight a bunch and you know our our communication between each other the language is minimal at best because right. he speaks a little bit of english and i speak no chinese right but i can still <laughs> identify when sure, i sure. see him yeah <laughs> i can still identify when i see him he's a star He's yeah. a star. You know what I mean? It's that X factor, that thing that you can't quantify, but you can identify. He's got it, man. And and there's literally no discussion about this fight. He, he will definitely carry that market. He he has the personality. He has the he has the look. He has the 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 the, the skills to do it. I mean, like he is going to be a big star if he's not already. He's going to be a big star in China for sure. I agree. All right, Cyril Asker versus Tai Tuivasa. Uh, love Cyril Asker, especially since he won in China, and I had a chance to talk to him, and I found out that he has, like, a used car lot, and that's his life or whatever. Uh, amazing. But I do think they've given him an incredibly tough matchup. Tai Tuivasa yeah. um, looks like the real deal and uh, is, I, I, I can tell you, incredibly popular in the Australian market for sure. Again, you, you, you talk about that X factor. I think he has it, especially for that market. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't know. Indigenous, uh, so I, I didn't know about that part of his culture, about that part of his life, about that part of his history. Um, but I think Cyril Asker's in for a, a, a tough fight here, but I had a chance to talk briefly with Tai Tuivasa earlier as well, right before we came out here, and I figured, hey, what the hell? Let you guys listen to that. Here's Tai Tuivasa. Tai, how you doing, sir? Yeah. Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know we're getting close to the fight, man. So I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate you doing this. That's so good, bro. Can you hear me? Can you hear me good? Yep, man. You sound, you sound good. Oh, sweet ass. All right. Well, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about you know coming into this fight, brother. I mean, this has been kind of a cool one, right? I mean, you and and uh, Mark's around and Tyson's around. Seems like you guys have been having a, a pretty good time, all getting ready for a, a big opportunity a, on a USC event together. What's it been like for you? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, camp's been good. Um, the vibe is good. We're all together, and we're all ready. Has it felt special at all? I mean, you guys have, have been in the game for a long time. I mean, I know you're still a, a young guy, but, I mean, you guys have all kind of grown up together and been around each other. But does this feel special? I mean, all you guys on a, on a USC main card, it's a pretty big spot for everybody. Oh, it's massive. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's like a dream come true, uh, especially for me, you know, Tyson being my, my brother-in-law and um, – and Mark being being a, a role model and uh, you know and uh, someone I've looked up to for a very long time and to be fighting on the same card it, it's massive. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, listen, I'll be honest. There's got to be as much hype around you as there is those guys right now. I mean, you had such an amazing debut. What uh, 
What, what was that feeling like? I mean, it was just a couple months ago, but 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 uh, what was that performance like for you and that feeling to, to come in and, and and just you know fight as impressively as you did? Uh, that it's massive. That that's what I chase, and that's that's I think that's what all fighters chase, you know. And that's that's what uh, all those hard times where you don't want to train and, and all that shit, you know. That <laughs> it all pays off, and especially when you get a good win like that, it, it makes it all worth it. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. What's life been like for you, man? I mean, I gotta imagine you're you're dealing with a little bit more attention, you know, maybe a little bit more interviews, you know, all that stuff. Has life been different since that win? Yeah, just just with that stuff, important more people notice my my ugly head. But um, other than that, man, I, I'm the same old me. It's all the same, you know. Yeah, no question. Is it? Uh, do you enjoy that? I mean. It's weird because I mean you, you kind of need the attention, right? I mean to be successful in MMA, to be successful in fighting, you got to have that attention. People got to care about you. But I mean, you don't seem like a guy to me that necessarily, you know, wants to be uh, to have the spotlight or whatever. So what's what's that balance like for you? No, I don't mind it. I actually, uh, it's better. More people are going to watch me fight. But um, I, I don't mind. I, I like the crowd. I, you know, I like I like the. Uh, I like to um, be amongst it as well, but um, you know, it, it, it all—it's all up to me to get in there and get the job done. At the end of the day, you know, we we got to fight. So as long as as long as I'm feeling good, and it's all going to come. I, I've been I've been dreaming about this for a long time now. Very cool. You know, I had heard about you. You coming up on the regional scene. People were talking about you. What I didn't know was was your background as you know the first Indigenous fighter from Australia. I didn't know that. Um, is that something that you want people to know more about? I mean, you, you mentioned it briefly, but um, as you as your career progresses, I mean, is, is awareness and rights and things like that, I mean, is that something that you want to be forefront for you, or, or, or do you not want to get, you know, so involved in that side of things? Yeah, of course. I, I want to be a leader in my community. You know, a lot of things get swept under the rug over this side of the world, and, um, and I and I'm on a stage where I, where I can um, showcase, you know, what really happens and how we've been treated over here. So yeah, I, I do. I'd like to stand up for my peoples, of course. That's very cool. I mean, as an American, I, I, you're right. I don't know a whole lot about that. So I mean, what are the, what are the changes that need to happen? I mean, I know you're preparing for a fight right now, but but what kind of things need to happen, uh, you know, for your community? Oh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's been it's you know it's uh, we're very similar to the to the, uh, the the native Indians, you know what I mean. But mm. um, but I think we we copped it a bit more. Um, so there, there's a lot, you know, a lot can't, you know, it's it, it's been a long time, a lot a lot can't change. But you know, at least more people can be aware and uh, people can change their attitudes about us. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I need to educate myself, and when you're not in a fight camp, we'll, we'll circle back together and and, uh, and learn a little bit more. Let's talk about this fight. I mean, uh, Cyril Asker, what do you what what do you know about the guy? I mean, are are, are you a kind of guy that studies tape and gets ready and all that, or do you or do you just kind of go in there and throw down? Yeah, I, I kind of get in there and, and throw down. You know what I mean? So, um, that's up to my that's up to my coaching stuff and, and my trainers. You know to to worry about that stuff uh, for me it's more just uh as long as i'm fit and i feel good and and, and i'm on point and my trainers say i'm on point and then I, i'm sweet man it, it, uh, we're going in there to punch on so you know anything can happen <laughs> no doubt about it you know the heavyweight division is fun because you know a couple wins and you can you can throw yourself right up at the top of the heap you know so are you are you thinking about that i mean are you thinking about the, the upper echelon the higher end you know contender fights and things like that or, or do you feel like you're still a young guy that, that needs some time to develop and get comfortable 
Well, you know, of course that, that's it, that's in my mind, but at the moment, you know, I've had one fight and everyone's asking me, you know, are you going to fight these guys and all this? And I'm like, but right now, I just want to, you know, I just want to keep fighting the best guys and, and, and sooner or later, I definitely will be up there. And But for now, you know, I, I just, I'm just taking the fights that they come and, you know, I want to get paid, you know, I've got a little family I've got to look after and, and, and all that shit. So right now, I, I'm just going to knock the few first guys out that I, that I come up against and then... By the end of this year, I want to be knocking on the door for, for the top 15, top 10 guys. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you, you said you just debuted, but you're back already. Is this the kind of pace that you feel comfortable with? I mean, if they'll let you get in there every three months, is that something you can keep up? Oh, of course. That, that, uh, that, that's more money, man. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt about it. Well, you said it. I mean, people have expectations. I mean, uh, you know, I think people are high on you, man. They see you as a prospect, and they have been for a while. I mean, are, are, are you, do you feel yourself like that? I mean, do you feel like there's a, a bright future for you, or are you, still kind of, are you still kind of, you know, kind of feeling your way out a little oh, bit? No, of course, man. I, mean, like, I wouldn't waste my time doing something if I didn't think that, uh, that I could be, be one of the best at it. And, uh, of course, through my experiences, you know, I've Mark's taken me under his wing for the past five years, so so that gives me confidence in itself. You know, if I can stand there and run it with uh, with the best, why can't I be the best sooner, sooner or later? You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. You talked about supporting your family. Did you get to do anything uh, fun with the extra fifty Gs from the performance of the night, or was that all family? Or did you get to spoil yourself a little bit? Yeah, yeah, man. We 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 did a bit. Uh, you know, after this fight, we're heading off to Thailand, me and my little family, just to relax. And uh, But then I'm sure hopefully we'll get another 50K after this one. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And uh, budding podcast host, we should say, right? I mean, you're, you're kind of doing some things outside the cage, too. How are you enjoying that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm loving that. I'm kind of new to, to all this stuff, you know. I'm, I'm pretty old school. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was Tyson's idea. And, um, fuck, people are loving it, man, so... So, yeah, it's pretty good. Very cool, very cool. Well, this is a big spot for you, man. I know the debut was big, but, uh, you know, now this is a big one on pay-per-view. So uh, how do you see this thing going down on uh, on Sunday morning? Uh, I'm going to try and keep a bam-bam style, you know what I mean? Get in there, get out of there. The cook, I'll get it done, man. The cook, I'm up to the bar. Uh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, brother, I appreciate the time. Best of luck. We'll definitely be watching, man. Anytime, my man. Cheers. See Welcome back to the Rose Show. That was Ty Tuivasa, who uh, it says he's going to get in there and do some damage this week, and I think he will. Pretty cool, man. Tyson Pedro, Ty Tuivasa, Mark Hunt are all training together, getting everything ready for that's a uh, strong camp. That's a, that's a strong that's camp. A strong and strong they had camp. they had Whitaker in camp before before he got hurt. I mean, that's that's strong. That's crazy. Now, if the UFC could get with this and put Cyril and Ty facing opposite directions. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna send notes. Seven issues. So rather than just one guy facing outwards, weren't they always? You guys look at the site. You guys know what I'm talking about. They always face inwards, so they're staring at each other. This one, they really went above and beyond and have them both facing outwards. So it almost looks like I don't want to look at you. No, I want to look at you either. Just I'm just gonna turn my other way. I'm just gonna look the other way. I ain't gonna look at you like they have beef. They ain't got beef the yet. Way. Yeah, they're both facing outwards. 
Neither one is facing inwards. Normally there's one facing inward, and they'll have one guy facing the to the way. other way. This one is like they just uh, they're like, oops, it's let's bad. just put the whatever. But I don't know. They didn't see my That's just me being just ADD, OCD, or whatever. Just but saying. Like, Come on, Silverback and Bam Bam. All turn right. around. Turn around <laughs> and look at each other. Hey, listen, uh, before we finish up on the UFC, I did want to say one thing on Bellator. Uh, so I don't know if you saw this, Cold Coffee. I know you've been busy. You've been out there getting interviews with Roy Nelson on Hulatan, you know, doing what you do. Uh, did you see this tweet? There was, a, there was a cat named Marcus Sims who was based in the California area, uh, and he tweeted, and it's since been deleted, but I did save it. It says, you, will not, or you guys will not see me on Bellator March 2nd due to them not paying fighters what they need to be paid. 250 for show and another 250 to win. I'd rather get a job at Dollar Tree. Not sure if you saw this or not, but mm -hmm. the guy actually uh, tweeted. Was this one of the amateur guys? Yeah, and I, he's an amateur looking to turn pro, and I, and I don't know Marcus, and I'm not trying to put him on blast or anything like that. Uh, but I did want to – I followed up on this because here, the, here's the thing. He put this out, and he had a little picture of his contract, which uh, deservedly so because it does sound crazy, right? Like 250 to show, 250 to win. Like that does sound pretty crazy for Bellator. Now, on a regional stage, no, I mean – that shit still happens. Let's be honest with you. 250 show, 250 win isn't isn't ridiculous on the regional stage. But, you know, he's saying this is for Bellator. So he was a little bit frustrated. But the, so the, there were a couple things that stood out to me. First of all, the contract that he tweeted, um, it showed an Atlanta event on March 3rd. So I was like, hold on. There's not a Bellator event in Atlanta on March 3rd. In fact, the night before, they're doing a show in Thackerville on, on, on March 2nd. Um, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I, I kind of followed up with Bellator, and I spoke to some people off record uh, behind the scenes. But the bottom line is this is a Bellator event, but it's one of those monster energy events where it's like they're doing fights at a Supercross. You know, they've done some NASCAR events. Okay. Now, this one is a, is a, is a, uh, a Supercross, you know, a, a motorcycle event or whatever. So it's, it, it has the Bellator name on it, but it's not actually a Bellator fight. So it's, it's a little bit of a difficult situation because, yes, Bellator is involved in it, but they're not the ones even arranging the pay. Uh, so I don't know. It was, kind of a, it was kind of a weird position for everybody involved. I felt kind of bad for the fighter, obviously, because it sucks. I mean, to think about that, like you're fighting for 250 and 250, like what? But I felt bad for Bellator as well because this isn't necessarily like their contract. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. They're basically doing this thing where – it's, it's branding awareness, it's promotional awareness, but it's not really their fight. I mean, they've done these NASCAR fights, and they've never signed a single person from it, but it, it does have their name on it. And I have heard that it did get their attention behind the scenes, and, and they are going to try to, you know, do things a little bit better and make changes. But I don't know. I felt bad. Was it like I, 250, so it was 250, 250, so 500 for the 90 if you won? Yeah. Well, I mean, and people were – and I get it, man. I mean, if you're fighting – It's his first pro fight. It's his first pro fight. and so it's a debut it's, fight. It's totally fair if it's not a Bellator fight. The bottom line is it's totally fair. If you're making 250 and 250 in your first fight, that shit happens. Like, I don't know if people realize that or not. Like, that happens. Dude, I mean, well, the, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but, you know, we've been talking about doing a series – wait, should I even talk – I shouldn't even say that. I shouldn't even say the series that we've been talking about with my first fight. Should I say that? Are we, are we giving away a concept? We shouldn't give it away. Don't what? give it away. Okay. No, nah, we went, whatever. <laughs> we were talking about doing a concept with my first fight where we do stories with people. Uh, it's not like we're the first person to ever talk to people about their first true. fight. True. That's true. You know, so people have done that. But, I mean, 
dude, how many people we've talked to that say, like, I fought for a bar tab, I fought for a whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people fight for nothing. So it's not out of the realm of reality. It's just that the Bellator name was attached to it. So, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. It, it does, but it makes sense in the sense that it was just using the Bellator name, but it's not really a Bellator event. You know, it's like it's a, it's a side branding. It's a side whatever. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, like, the guy could just say no. I mean, but don't try to gripe and be like, oh, I don't want to greet it. If you don't want to greet it, don't do it. Take yeah. a wait and take another pro fight elsewhere. But the fact that you're finally going to get some, you know, they're going to push you out there and, and – People are gonna see you, and you're gonna get paid something for it. I'm Shouldn't not burn saying bridges don't do it, right away, right? Yeah, Shouldn't I mean, burn like it seems right like away. you know. I mean, don't put the, the the cart before the horse. I mean, you got to go out and do some work, and then you could start commanding something. But I mean, if they're willing to, to to shell out, you know, I mean, granted, it would be nice if they just did 500, like a flat rate, you know, mm -hmm. instead of the the possibility of that he can go out there and get starch, and he's only gonna get half of what this possible amount was. But I mean, it's his first fight. I mean, he's getting putting out there the it's not like they're going to promote, so it's not like the, the, the organization is really losing money on it or whatever, so it's not like they can be like, well, we promoted you, and that's why we're not paying whatever. But still, it comes down to the first fight, and you have every right to just say, no, that's not what I want, and then go out and try to find something else elsewhere. I, I will say this. So here's what I thought about. The reason I want to talk about it, because I feel like this was a negative, 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 like all the way around. Like nobody won. Like I don't think Marcus Sims did himself any favor by like kind of burning bridges at Bellator, but it wasn't really a Bellator event. But, they, you know, they don't look any good by by their name being attached to this. They're trying to fix it or whatever. The one good thing I saw was Matt Bissett. Uh, he jumped in and, and uh, gave gave a bunch of career advice, which is cool. A USC fighter who's jumping in saying, I used to be my own manager. Here's how I would handle it. Here's what I would do. Um, I thought that was cool. It was, it was just one of those weird kind of negative situations. But the one thing I did want to say is because I haven't seen much reporting on this. I saw a lot of retweeting of this. I saw a lot of people talking shit about Bellator, but I didn't see many people reporting on this, so I just wanted to throw that out there. It was not a full actual Bellator fight. It was a, uh, a, a one of those – they don't even want to call it a developmental series. It was basically just one of those things where their name is attached to it. So uh, I just wanted the facts to be out there for people that listen. They can at least know what's up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want these guys to get the money that uh, they deserve. But, you know, when you're coming out and it's your very first fight, they have no idea what they're getting. You know, like how do you, how do you ask for, you know, $1,000, $2,000 if you've never actually fought before? You, yep. could, you could be as terrible as I am, and I don't deserve 1000 bucks to go that out there true. and get my ass whipped. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, and the other thing, too, I think a lot of people, and I, think, I would think that most people who listen to this podcast probably understand, but if you don't, uh, most of those lower-level contracts include tickets. Uh, basically, like if you, I know it kind of no, sucks. They probably have incentives. Well, so, to well sell that's tickets. the thing. Well, you do get it's it's twofold. It's one, you get incentive to sell tickets, but you also get like like we'll give you fifty tickets, and whatever you make off those, you make off those, uh, and right, then we right, also, right. and then you also get a hundred percent of the next or twenty percent of the next hundred tickets or gotcha. shit like that. But yeah, there are ticket seller things there, which I know a lot of people say, oh man, that sucks. And you're right, it does. It does kind of suck. They yeah. like. Hey, I'm supposed to fight and actually physically sell tickets. And promote the fight. I know. It is. Listen, I'm not saying it doesn't suck, but it is a reality of the business, man. Yeah. That's the industry that we've chosen. True. But, I mean, like you could always say, you know, you go forward. I mean, like I think a lot of these guys, I mean, like if you're as good as you know you can be, and sometimes you have to, I don't know, I hate to say take one for the team while you're working, while you're building your brand, but it's like we all have to take shitty jobs and build up. Like, you know, 
I didn't get my very first job at like the UFC. I didn't get my very first job at MMA Junkie. You know, I had to take a lot of shitty jobs, two or three jobs at a time. You know, and probably getting a lot less pay than what I deserve. But you kind of do what you do. You take your knocks. You take your licks. You know, for some people, it's actually physically taking the licks. But you know, you, you work for it. I mean, but you pick and choose. I mean, if you're willing to to take the money, but with the hopes that you're going to get something better out of it in the long run, then go for it. But if you feel that that's not good enough for you, then that's fine too. You know, just keep looking. Eventually, you'll find someone that's willing to shut their money. It's just tough to do that when you don't, you know, have a record. Maybe the guy's got like a 52 and 0 amateur record, and if that's the case, then yeah, you probably Job should get left. more than 250 and 250. But you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a tough thing. You know, I want these guys to get the money they can get, but I also understand it's a business as well. You know, and you can't. Not everybody can get paid a whole bunch of money, and especially if it's not legit Bellator. There's probably not much money to begin with. It's not even you know? real Bellator. So it's not even real. But I mean, anyway. All right. Well, listen. Uh, listen to this. Uh, speaking of somebody that uh, doesn't mind speaking out against his employer, how about Mark Hunt? <laughs> Mark Hunt doesn't mind talking yeah. a little bit of shit. Uh, let's Love do this. Mark Hunt. We got. We, we'll, we'll wrap up, but uh, before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about Mark Hunt because he is. Uh, in a big fight with Curtis Blades. I love yep. it. Co-main event. I love this fight. Uh, Mark Hunt, a big star down there. And fortunately, even though we didn't get a chance to make the trip to Perth, Pete Klosko, the man Pete Klosko, uh, runs Eight. the Australian PR. Dude, he, I should say. He's he, a good he, dude. He's a great dude, and he helped me get all these interviews. He said, listen, mate, I, it fucking sucks Did he actually say, mate? There. He probably did. He did. He did. Of course he did. <laughs> he said, listen, mate. I, maybe I just added that in, but I'm pretty sure he said it. I don't know. He said, "Listen, mate, I, I know, I know, it sucks that you're not down here, but I'm, I got your back. I'm gonna help you nonetheless." Pete Klosko, the man, set this interview up with Mark Hunt, and uh, here's what the Super Samoan had to say. Mark, how you doing, sir? Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. No, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Mark. Listen, I know you've fought a ton and and, and done it all over the world, but uh, I got to ask if this week feels a little special. You know, having uh, having Tyson there with you, having Ty with you as well. Is this kind of a, a special feeling between all you guys? Yeah, it is. It. Uh, I mean, I, it's a sad thing what happened with Robbie, but um, it's it's a great. Um, it's good for me to to fight. Uh, well, actually, it's, honestly, it just tells me, uh, you know, these guys are half my age, and I'm. <laughs> and I'm old, so, you know. That's what makes me laugh about it. But yeah, it's it's a good feeling to be fighting on the same card as as, as the, the young guys, and um, and I look forward to doing it. No doubt. I want to ask Mark, what was training like? Because I know that normally, I would imagine that one of you guys could kind of be the priority, and you and you know everybody else kind of helps that guy. But with all of you guys getting ready at one time, I mean, was that a great thing? Because everybody's peaking at the same time, or did it make any challenges? Because you know, one guy couldn't be the focus. Nah, it's not like that for us. So we we focus on on, on everyone here. Um, we're talking to someone that's um fought uh, two, three different generations of fighting. And I mean, I mm. I'm still fighting, so I mean, you don't need to teach me how to fight again. So you know, my we focus on all of us here. What we're doing, so it's, it's you know, it's getting everyone ready to fight, which is good. So um, training camp was great. It's my second training camp. You know, um, <laughs> it wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't my first, but um, you know, it is what it, it is. What it is. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm you know, being a part of history this weekend here in Perth. And, um, you know, Perth's a really great city. Yeah, very you know, cool. Great place. I was going to ask you, does that mean something to you? I mean, it is the, it's, it's been a long time coming to get over there in Perth and finally it's happening. Does it mean something special to you? It does. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for me. Like I said, I'm part of history here, which is good. Fighting here in Perth and, um, 
you know, looking forward to, to going to work on, on Sunday. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, people paying attention to your social media have been saying you look you look a little trim, that you're looking good. Have you done anything special? Has there been a different approach this time around? Mate, this is my second training camp. Fuck, you know. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I, I was in Thailand for a while training for the Sydney fight, you know, and then, and then I got pulled and then, you know, I had to go into another training camp. But, you know, of course I should be fit. I uh, should be ready. There's uh, no reason for it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, physically, uh, you look good. Uh, let me ask mentally, Mark. I mean, you mentioned getting pulled and, you know, just everything that happened behind the scenes. I mean, how's your head? I mean, did that mess with you at all? Your motivation, your focus, anything like that? Or, or, or are you just kind of forgetting all of that? No, no, I'm, up, so I'm, focused, on, I'm focused on, on the final Curtis Blade. I'm looking forward to fighting this Sunday. You know, you know, Mark and I had three more fights with the UFC, and then um, we'll go from there. I, I still got a ch- chance at running for the title. And I'm number five, and I can um, see if I can put Curtis away this, this Sunday, and then um, ask for someone higher. You know, I can get someone higher, then go from there. But I want to step at a time, one fight at a time. Yeah. Let me ask you, when they came to you with the name Curtis Blades, I mean, no disrespect, but, you know, he's kind of a newer guy. Did, did you know anything about him at all, or, you know, did you, did you have to look him up? No, I didn't know anything about Curtis. Um, I thought the number nine guy was the guy that called me out. So, you know, I wrote something on social media about it. And, um, you know, it was totally the wrong guy. And I had to pull the, the, the social media face. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I have no disrespect for Curtis, you know. You know, all I ask is that uh, he be an honest, fight, an honest clean fighter. So this is an even fight. That's all I ask, you know. That's all I've ever asked. Yeah. yeah we'll see what happens on Sunday. Do you um, do you break him down at all? I mean, are you a kind of guy that watches tape? I mean, as long as you've been in this game, do you... Do you worry at all about what another another guy does, or do you even think about it? Yeah, I leave that to my coaches. You know, I I, I myself focus on, on on myself and making myself better and stronger and mentally prepared for the fight. Um, the game plan comes from the coaches, and um, you know, I just go from there. I try to work them out early in the fight, and then go from there. That's all it is. I that's how I do things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do you feel like before a fight, Mark? I wonder. I mean. Do you still get nerves? Do you still have that tension, that that kind of nervous energy at all, or or, or is it just you know too? You've been in the game too long. I, you always get nervous before fights, so you know it just you just have to channel that energy, that nervousness into the right place. Um, you know, I I um when I get when I walk out to to, to the arena, there's no nerves. It's the, it's the best feeling in the world. Like it's bigger than bigger than drugs, way better. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I ain't putting drugs up there, but um, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying it's uh, there's nothing like it in the world, it's like walking out to, to the arena to fight, and, and uh, you know, it's just it's one of those uh, one of those things that you just can't do it and can't feel unless you're a fighter yourself. So yeah, no doubt. Did you? I'm curious. You know, talking about a run at the heavyweight title, did you watch uh, Steve Miocic's fight against Francis Ngannou? Did you have your eyes on that? What did you think about it? Yeah, I watched it. I um, uh, I watched it. Uh, now, this is a great fight. I thought Stipe did what he did, and he, that's what he normally does. And um, and Nagano had no answers for it, you know. Um, Stipe pulled out his cards, and then and then Nagano didn't have anything for it. So and that's uh, basically how it went. If Nagano was going to knock out Stipe, then he was going to get grinded out, and that's what happened. Yeah. Do you uh, does, is Stipe a fight that you think about a lot? Is is it more about the title fight, or do you think about getting in there with Stipe? Oh, of course, I like to rematch with Stipe. You know, he got me at a a shitty time, but um, you know, he nonetheless he's a, you know he's a well-deserved champion. I, you know, I know he's a public servant, you know. But the best thing about it, Stipe is he, he's not he doesn't take steroids. Mm. He's clean. So you know, good on him. Um, you know, he's had a, a long way of fighting. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, but um, you know, great champion. 
I'd love to dance with him again. Yeah, I think that'd be a rematch people would like to see. Well, I know you said you can't look past Blades at all, but do you think about where it might put you? I mean, we we just heard that Verdum versus Volkov matchup. Uh, you know, we hear Kane talking about maybe trying to get back in there. I mean, do you think where exactly on that list this should put you? Well, hopefully I can get a, you know, um, I got to the number five spot because of Jared Lewis, you know, and I have to fight number nine now. So after this, if I can put a past Curtis, you know, I can ask for someone higher than, than I am. So, you know. Um, see what happens this Sunday. I, you know, Curtis, of course, you can't look past Curtis. He's a, you know, he's number nine for a reason. And this is the heavyweight division, so mm. you know he's looking to uh, wrestle me and uh, put me down and grind me out. But um, and I'm looking to, you know, punch his head into the universe. And uh, that's that's how it's going to go. We're going to see what happens on Sunday, and then um, you know, ask uh, go from there. Yeah, who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> Simple as that, man. Yeah. You said you said you got three fights left with the UFC. Is that right? I mean, do you think three fights left in your career is that possible at all? Or do you? Or do you, I mean, do you think about the end yet? Um, of course. I mean, I get reminded all the time. I am the oldest fighter in the universe. <laughs> um, I think I got three. I, I got. I have got three fights with UFC. Um, I haven't had a good run with, with a lot of the things that's happened with it. Um, everyone knows I'm in court about trying to get an even playing field. You know, they call me a whinging bitch, but, you know, they're going to all go and get, go and get fucked. You know, I, I survived the, the era of pride, you know, where everyone knowing their juices, you know, and I'm here now, and they're trying to make things even. So, you know, after the, the three fights of the UFC, the contract, I'd like to fight globally like three more times and then retire. I'm hanging up. I just, you know, I want to run, uh, go out there in, in my best shape ever and then go from there. So, you know, I love competing still, and I feel... If I can still compete with these young guys, even though they're half my age, you know why not still do it? Absolutely. You know why? Why is that fight is so important? It's to not you, like Mark? I'm gonna make it. No, I, I was gonna say. I mean, Which well, one, why? Sorry? Why is that legal fight so important to you? Because I mean, you know, you've only got a handful of fights left. You know, it's gonna take time. It's gonna take money. It's not gonna be easy to get stuff done. Right. Why is it important to you to to fight that fight? Because it might not do anything for you. I probably won't do anything, but at the end of the day, it's about. Um, it, it'll do something for the guys coming through, the boys and the girls that come to this level. You know, the message we're sending out nowadays is, is it's okay to cheat. We should be sending the message out, like what's deeper is hard work gets to the top. You can't hang out the top, make it to the top out without hard work. We're sending the wrong message out right now. You know, we need, we need to make it even so these freaking little cheating little, you know, bums that take the shortcuts don't deserve to be here. I mean, it's just, don't give them the, the props or or endorsements or nothing. Why should they get anything? They've, they've taken the shortcuts out of here to get here. You know, guys like Stipe work hard. All these guys that are clean, they've worked hard to get there. They should get all the pumps. They should get all the, you know, all the things because they've worked hard to get here. They haven't taken no shortcuts. They've, they haven't fucking stuck needles in their asses like these bums fucking Brock Lesnar in them. And yet they get, they get all the difference. You know, that, that, that's what, what's really important is that, to me, is that it should be fair. Yeah. It should be even. Well said, Mark. Well, we'll, and then we set uh, a bad example for our, for the for the kids coming. Absolutely, absolutely. Well said. All well, the been... the kids got. All the messages the kids got nowadays. Uh, all the kids got they, these days. They say, "Oh man, to make it to the top of the UFC ladder is we got to we got to cheat." <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, that's good. Shit. No, I appreciate that, man. I don't want to make you spend too much time on that. I know you got a fight to think about, so I, I did want to touch on that, though. So thank you very much. But uh, at the end of the day, man, you got Sunday to take care mm-hmm. of. So I mean, I, I guess we know what a Mark Hunt fight looks like, right? You're just going out there and and, uh, and looking for the big KO. Is that what is that what we can expect? The big show for you to put on? 
Now you're going to go see Mark on God there and do his thing. He's going to dance. He's going to move. He's going <laughs> to do his best to kick ass. That's what he's going to do. So, you know, I'm going to do my best to try and stay in the game. I'll move a bit higher and put a pass get his legs. Welcome back to the May Rose Show. That was Mark Hunt. Always love uh, talking to Mark, man. He, he keeps it real. And uh, I definitely need to circle back with him. I mean, I, I wanted to talk to him a little bit about his legal battles, but obviously, you know, two days out from his fight, you don't want to spend too much time talking about that. You got to you gotta be a little bit appropriate with how things uh, yeah. things happen. Because I mean, uh, that's the kind of shit you could reach out at any point. Exactly. You know? But I do respect him. I, I do respect the fact that he's saying, listen, uh, I know this is never really going to help me, but I still think it's uh, it matters. So it's uh, cool. All that my said, my fight matters. All that said, I'm picking Curtis Blades. Are you? I am. I'm Did you pick Mark Hunt? I picked Mark Hunt. Picked Hunt. I think Hunt's gonna. I think Hunt's gonna do it. But I think Curtis is super, super tough. But I think this is like one of those ones where I think Hunt's like, you're bringing these upcomers, these young guys, to take me down, and he's like, he's gonna come fired up, and I think he's gonna channel, channel that Samoan power you know they're gonna do all the haka welcomes and all that other good stuff that they always do and i i just think he's gonna i think he's gonna catch him with that overhand and dunzo could be interesting all right let's talk about the main event yo romero versus luke rockhold the interim middleweight title fight uh listen uh Whitaker was supposed to be here of course we all know that here's what i hate here's what i hate the fact that look th th this fight is not gonna sell well there's no question about it i, I don't think this pay-per-view is gonna do very well um, the media coverage this week has been bad. I mean, the UFC already admits um, that when they do a, a foreign pay-per-view, it doesn't do well. The fact, the fact that we weren't there definitely didn't help anything out. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of coverage coming forward, so I don't expect you know big numbers from, from this pay-per-view card. But the thing that sucks is about that is that Yoel Romero versus Luke Rockhold is a sick fucking fight, dude. I mean, it's a great, great fight. And... Um, I'm pumped for this fight, man. I'm really, I'm really pumped for this fight. And we talked about it, the undercard. I'm hyped about it. I mean, I think there's a lot of great fights. And I think this is an amazing fight. I don't think it's getting the attention it deserves for sure. Um, but I'm pumped for this fight. And I'm torn, man. I'm torn. You know, Yoel Romero is an absolute monster. He was not necessarily getting ready for this fight. But, you know, he, he stepped in once Whitaker was out. Luke Rockhold, on the other hand, um, was prepping for this, was prepping for a championship fight. Luke Rockhold, I think, I think has his edge back, which I'm, which I'm excited about. Like, I, I think for a while, um, I mean, kind of behind the scenes or whatever. Like, I think Luke Rockhold went Hollywood for a while, man. I think, yeah, I think he got to a point where he like he was pretty excited that he was rich. He was pretty excited that he knew a lot of people in the in the in the business. You know what I mean? In the in the in the show business. You know, Demi Lovato and whatever else Taylor and blah, blah. Schmitt. Yeah, yeah, I just, I think. Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay, you know how we all just do our Tay-Tay thing. I, I think, I mean, I, I think, to be honest with you, I, I know that's not a technical breakdown of a fight, but when I'm just talking about mentality and I'm talking about people, I feel like for a while Luke Rockhold was kind of feeling Luke Rockhold. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I think that and cost then, him. And then Michael Bisping yeah, showed up. Yeah, and I think that cost him, man. And I, and I think, I think as silly as that may sound to some people, if you know what was going on behind the scenes, I do believe Luke Rockhold was feeling Luke Rockhold, and now I feel like he's back. He's got that edge back. He's got that competitive nature back to him, and I think he's an incredible athlete. 
And not that Yoel Romero is not. Yoel Romero is a goddamn beast, man. That dude is scary. I mean, that was, you know, his open workout from last year was like our moats watched video of, of the entire year. I mean, yeah, and, and, and rightfully so because that guy is a freak. But I, I'm favoring Rockhold, man. I think, yeah. uh, I think, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, I think he's back. And I agree, and I, I think you're completely right. You know, he, I think he was on such a little streak there that he did. He, he was definitely feeling himself, and then Bisping caught him at a moment when he maybe was just distracted, you know. I mean, but the thing is, is when he came back, I think that fight against Branch was the, the big show to see where his head was, you know, and how he was ready to perform. And he just made David Branch look like he wasn't even on the same level. Mm -hmm. And this is David who had two different, like, belts in a different organization. Granted, it was a different organization. It wasn't like he held two belts in the UFC. But this David Branch is a stud. And he was able to make David Branch not look good. So I think Luke's coming in focus. I think he's reinvigorated himself. I know there is a point where... You know, his camp has sort of shifted with Kane being out and DC being busy doing his thing. Like, he's just like this focused, angry dude, man. And I think he's just very, very dangerous. And I think if he, he's got good wheels to him, I think he's able to keep, he's going to be able to keep the speed. I think he's be able to keep the distance. And I think ever since we saw Whitaker kind of take Yoel down a notch he doesn't seem to me as invincible mm. to me if he Great fought point. me he invincible. would be invincible <laughs> you know but to see like he he that sort of aura around him has I sort agree. of dropped a little I bit agree. and I think there's Luke's not afraid of him and just Luke I think with his reach and with he, he's he's got good striking he's able to come at different angles I think he's just going to have too many weapons for Yoel I think Yoel if anything else is going to I don't think that, uh, you know, he's afraid of his, his power, but I think Yoel is going to kind of be one-dimensional in the sense that he's going to be trying to get in there. He's going to try to clinch. He's going to try to get him down. He's going to try to do some ground and pound, but I don't think he's going to be able to catch up to Luke. I think Luke's going to be a, do a good job of keeping the distance, striking from the outside, keep him guessing on the angles, and I just see him wearing Yoel down by the end of the fight. And, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to say that this is going to be uh, – a finish, if anything, it might just be a, a good, strong decision right. in, in Luke's favor. But I, I see, I see Luke coming out for sure with his hand raised. I'm the same way. I mean, that's that's you, you broke it down perfectly, and I think that's exactly the way I see it. I mean, I, I see either a late finish or a uh, or a decision for Luke Rockhold, man. And uh, I'm not taking anything away from you, Romero. I, I, I think he's a an absolute monster, but. Uh, I think Luke Rockhold is uh, is is the right pick right now. Are you now. missing all the translator interviews where you was oh. like, oh, da, 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 and he's like, he says, he feels, da, 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 strong from the inside, <laughs> blah 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 blah, and the strength comes from, blah 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 blah, God Himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most drawn out dramatic uh, interviews ever. It's the worst interviews to do for a video ever. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, can he just like say his whole sentence and then you translate? You uh, don't, you don't need to break up. He literally said four words, <laughs> four words. I'm like, can you not remember more than four words? You know, but the way he says them, he's like a delivering a line in the in a movie where it's like he hears the song <laughs> coming up and it's building, and he's like. You know, like 
The sun shines on my back. Translate that. <laughs> and I feel warm feelings inside. Translate that. And my power will flow. And you wonder Translate why people <laughs> you wonder why people want to hear more from you than they want to hear from me. I ain't, I ain't got no entertainment like that. I got nothing. I got nothing. Alright, uh, uh listen, I will say, uh, good news. So it sucks, man. We weren't in Berlin, we weren't in Perth. Good news. I will be in London. I, I yeah. told everybody, you know, we, we we set out on this terrible two-week stretch, and we said, listen, we, we're told this is not an indicator of things to come. Uh, I will be in London. Uh, so I'll be in London, by the way, on my 40th birthday, turning 40 uh, the week of the uh, the USC London events. I'm just getting Welcome to 40s, young I'm man. I'm just getting old. I'm just getting <laughs> old. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, we said it's not necessarily an indication of what's to come is what our bosses said. And uh, I will be in uh, in London in March. So that's that's good news. That's good news. Uh, all right. Other that than is that, good news. Yep, yep. All right. Other than that, we've been talking too long. We've been interviewing too long. We've been doing too much too long. You got anything special to say? Uh, no. No, not Thanks so much. Thanks for listening.